I like to call him Donald Dump. Nice, got him. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Ronald mm-hmm. Plump. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm gonna get that like, on a mug. <laughs> I like to call him Treason Rump. Oh, let's go roast his yeah. ass. Yes, yeah. yeah. get him, <laughs> get him. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast willing to make fun of Donald Trump. I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. I'm the worst of all possible AJ's. And I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And joining us today, we have a very special guest, one who I know that a few people in our audience have specifically been excited to uh, hear from. (laughs) We've got Greg and Jordan from the fantastic Brigham Young Money podcast. Say hey, guys. Hello. Hey, what's happening? Uh, It is good to be here. I can't do the thing, um, unfortunately, though, because I am only the second worst possible Greg's because I share a name with Greg Abbott. (laughs) Uh, I'm just so excited that our two podcasts who slap sunglasses on old dead white men with problematic views can finally come together. We'll make them kiss. Graphic design is our passion. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you who haven't listened to Brigham Young Money, it's a podcast about Mormonism, Utah, the alfalfa market, and why all of it is actually very, very good. And, and and is going to go on forever until yeah. one day, of course, we all return to Missouri. Uh, <laughs> that walk to Jackson is going to be fun. I don't know what the mer- the Mormon version of Inshallah is, but I'm just going to say that. <laughs> same fun. What we're going to be talking about today is the movie Saturday's Warrior, specifically the 1989 yeah. uh, screen adaptation. There was a more recent adaptation, actually, um, which... I'm assuming is as aggressively mid 2010s yeah. as this we, one we is late 80s. Got it. <laughs> we We're traditionalist. We're tradmo. Yeah, yeah. That's but they fair. added three new songs. They I mean, did? how could you really? turn those down, Greg? I mean, that's so this this I had heard of this really vaguely before. Actually, someone mentioned it to us a couple of times. In response to, I think, the first episode we had Nate Bethea on because he talked about hanging out with Mormons, listening to Mormon family radio dramas. And, in fact, Rosie, who was on here for our CCM episode, who did right. not grow up Mormon, for some reason had a copy of this movie. And I feel like what? my impression of, like, Mormon pop culture in the 90s especially was, like, playing up the, well, we're just, like, another branch of Christianity. We want to sell you movies about Jesus. We don't really want to... That's what I saw in, like, TV commercials that would be like, here, get a Bible from the Church of Jesus Christ of Life. Saturday Saints. We're mm-hmm. normal. And so I thought like Saturday's Warrior was going to be one of those things that's like, we're normal. Here's a story yeah, about a family and people learning all. to be good and nice to their parents. And oh boy. <laughs> Brian, do you know what happens when you assume? <laughs> I can't say the actual word because I'm Mormon, but you get yeah, it. Right. Yeah. I grew up in the belly of the beast. I am from mm. Provo, Utah. Um, yeah. And I grew up walking distance from Brigham Young University um, on the east side of, of a beautiful Provo. And like, mm. it's just, it's a pervasive, ubiquitous culture. And like, we've talked a lot on our pod about how there are different sects of Mormon and there are like different levels. Mm-hmm. Like there are, there are out of state Mormons. There are Utah Mormons. And then more specifically, <laughs> okay. there are Utah County Mormons, mm. which oh. is just like, 
expert sicko mode level Mormons. <laughs> Utah County is where Provo is or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's like 40 minutes south of Salt Lake where we all live now. It's a totally different world. Like I, I still remember, you know, we, I moved away when I was like 12 up to Park City, which is about 45 minutes northeast of Provo. I used to ski there as a kid, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like the one like blue pocket in, in an entirely just blood red state. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. I, I moved to the East Coast and I come back and I get a job at Qualtrics, which is like this, this big billion dollar tech company right back, like walking distance from where I lived and going Ooh, from wow. Philadelphia back to Provo is. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely polar opposite ends yeah. of the spectrum to like where I got like written up one time for telling somebody nicely that their work was bullshit and I couldn't let them like <laughs> in good faith let them like present this to like some big client in a meeting whereas like I remember when I was in Philadelphia like my first writing assignment like I, I turn in this manuscript and like my creative director writes this on one page is next page fucking next page bullshit <laughs> so what i'm saying is that like the brain worms run right incredibly deep where i live and i wow. i am so excited to get into this with you yeah I, so i guess i'm wondering then in terms of saturday's warrior specifically then how, how do you how do you credit this film with some of those brain worms well, I, I mean, when you when you are this deep into Mormonism and Mormon culture, you understand mm. that like you are you're in this bubble where mm -hmm. everything like like being Mormon is not just a religion. Being mm -hmm. Mormon is an identity. It mm -hmm. takes up sure. every second of every day of your life. And it's again, it's this pervasive culture where everything is based on Mormonism, including your media consumption. Like right, I grew up right. in a house, I grew up in a household where the Simpsons were banned. Oh yeah. yeah. My media consumption as a kid was like uh, Mormon gospel records. Like my dad loved like show tunes weirdly and uh -huh. like, and like yeah. operas and, and Broadway films. Yeah, um, the musicals are a big part of, so, of the whole yeah. Mormon thing. Yeah, Mormons fucking love musicals. <laughs> it's <laughs> just a very gay religion. It really, Joe, I, I have my I have my theories about Joseph Smith. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, sure. When you are that deep in the culture, that's all you consume, and yes. like there is an yeah. entire media branch of the Mormon church, you know, to the point of like, there are Book of Mormon stories, which are, are these animated cartoons that I would watch about oh, Nephi <laughs> and the Lamanites. Sweet. Oh, yeah. So like you kind of graduate like that. Those are like your adventures in Odyssey. It's, it's, it's sort of like, yeah, on the yeah, absolutely. I last watched this when I was eight years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this yes. left it firmly in the past until yes. we dug it back up. Exactly. This was a uh, fun two hour guilt trip I have not endured in 25 years. We're reliving uh, trauma. <laughs> My therapist is going to send me a fucking edible arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my goodness, that, yeah, like, this was a lot of formative stuff for me, too, just because, like, yeah, the whole, like, being able to picture people, like, well, actually, you have relatives who are, like, in the pre-mortal existence who are just waiting to, you know, <laughs> be born and everything, like, and, yeah. like, that's, a, that's stuff that really fucks you up as an eight-year-old. And, and that's, that's dogma, yeah. too, that is, like, that, something yeah, that is that's, core that was to... a big question I had. Well, is yeah, it, both it, Jordan and I baptized Anne Frank. Well... <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's I'm after. Sorry? Wait, what? That's sorry, after what? death. No, no, no. Uh, hold on. Death. We'll what talk you about that later. What? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just like throw that grenade in the room and just walk well, let off, me, man. Let, let me. I live this for is chaos, really, man. I'm a messy bitch. Because <laughs> even though Gallup, New Mexico, is actually pretty Mormon, I didn't know very many Mormon kids because I went to Christian school, and Mormons tend to go to public school. So I knew I knew like two Mormons in high school, and that was it. But like growing up, it was just like. Okay, Mormonism, this thing, the TV commercials, the one church over there. Right. And I remember one time we got a call from someone who was like doing genealogy work. They had left like a message on the answering machine because mm. his last name was Alfred. So he was like getting in contact with Alfred. And I was like, wow, that sounds kind of cool. Like some distant cousin or something. Well, I mean, you should call him back. And my mom was like, no, it's probably a Mormon. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but I went to a Mormon service, which I think is called going to temple. No, that's a kind of a separate one. The no, temples that- are like the super secret uh, organization ones. You have to have like a special card to go to and all that oh sure, sure. Oh, wow. nice it's a members only club yeah it's like the worst club ever it's, uh, the, it's the soho <laughs> house of, of utah basically aj's just straining not to call it mass because he just I, really I, wants to call it thing. mass it's, i keep calling it's, shit mass and it's not it's mass. mormon mass it really is it, it yeah, really yeah, is. that works yeah oh, because... great. okay great so i went to mormon mass and it was uh it was the whitest place i'd ever been in my life and i grew up in san diego which is saying something and uh it was, you know, I don't remember anything of it really then afterwards. Everyone was really like welcoming and wanting to be like, hey, you know, you should probably like think about converting. Like it was a lot of people like trying to get me to convert. And I'm like, I'm 11. <laughs> we got yeah, you going in the to building, Mormon man. church is kind of like yeah. sitting through this like a gigantic timeshare presentation every week. <laughs> Incredible. They also have a giant. Uh, we called it Mormon Hogwarts growing up because it was this cathedral <laughs> that, like that was uh, off the five. Uh, well, that's freeway. probably that's, the temple, right? That is that's the temple, yes. That's yeah. the temple. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That that's thing where, um, is gorgeous. Yeah. It's a gorgeous building. Oh, they, they make the temples the most gorgeous ones. The meeting houses yeah. are all just like cookie cutter. We look right. exactly the same everywhere uh-huh. we go because we're too cheap to actually design something that might be interesting and or original. So <laughs> unlike unlike Greg here, I did not move to Utah County until I was 12. Mm, um, okay. Before that, I was from Idaho. I'm actually from the same town as Napoleon Dynamite, if you can believe that. Oh, okay. okay. That should set some nice foundation for how you should see me and treat me. So <laughs> it's okay, Jordan. I fucking hate you. Which which town is that? Preston, Idaho. Okay. Right across the border. I was nice. going to ask about the llama behind you. <laughs> It's going to Utah County. Is that like the aspirational goal? Like, I mean, aside from heaven, there's like no. still on earth. You're okay. going to get to the the heart, the ninth circle. <laughs> no, my, my parents divorced. My mom got a job in Orem. That's pretty much all oh, you okay. need to know. So okay. it's, it's, it's not Mecca. No. It is if you like Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Mecca if you really enjoy specialty soda shops, cookie stores, okay. and like yeah. 1,400 calorie uh, maple bars. That's pretty yep. much it. Many wow. do. That's, uh, that's also the point of Holland, Michigan, uh, for what it's worth. Yeah. You like windmills and tulips <laughs> and a McDonald's that's like made like a little Dutch building. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. They're so proud of that McDonald's. <laughs> uh, but Jordan, so you, so you saw this for uh, the first time when you were eight years old. Yes. Eight years old. That was like one of those things. My parents got it from the local video store, which was uh-huh. not a blockbuster or anything like that. Just since we lived in a town of like 3000 people, we couldn't get such mm. uh such quality businesses there. Uh, right. So <laughs> they brought it home and I watched like, wow, I feel horrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
which honestly mimics most of the reactions I've had to Mormonism my entire life. So (laughs) this movie is incredibly bleak in a way that I was not anticipating when I sat down to it, because this intro does not set you up for like the emotional Uh, carnage to come. Yeah, the intro is great. It starts with like you legally could not make a direct to video movie without opening of a shot of clouds Mm -hmm. from above in the 80s and 90s. (laughs) I thought the opening needed more cloud. I, I, yeah, no, it's true. Like they, and then they just went and I don't know, raided the stock footage closet in the Mormon Tabernacle and just threw in every image of a baby. It looked like the and, montage from yeah. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get this wonderful like Star Wars yes. ass crawl. Mm-hmm. And uh, AJ, can you read this, please? Absolutely. In 1973, a stage play humbly debuted. It's your first red flag. Anything that says it's humbly debuted. (laughs) As a college drama project, throughout intervening years, its spirit has captivated millions with an influence as profound as it is immeasurable. Hearts softened, priorities reoriented, (laughs) children welcomed. The magic continues. I do have to agree with the, the whole priorities reoriented thing because like, I immediately became manic after this. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was like, I was looking at my walls and thinking they needed a new paint job. <laughs> what can uh-huh. I do to be more productive in this moment? Literally anything other than watching this fucking movie. God. I mean, that's the amazing. So neither of you ever saw this live on stage, did you? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. There is a um, actual like parody of this. It actually is kind of like a stage play. <laughs> that fucking rocks. Like, too. It's yeah, so it good. is. It, it's what called, is it? It's called Saturday's Voyeur, and it's <laughs> it, it's a great play on words too. I think they just barely stopped doing it. Not that no, long they, ago. I forgot they they they're still doing it, but it's under a new name. Oh, okay, okay that's okay. cool. Mm. Is this like a um? It's fun for people who are already Mormons who want to be a little cheeky, or is this like a South Park, you know, uh, Book of Mormon style, like you know, fuck all y'all kind of tear thing. it all apart? More of a South Park, fuck all y'all. Okay, amazing, and it's a musical too. Uh, it's more of a stage. It's not necessarily like a musical. It's more of like a. I would say like a variety show or something like that. They sing songs though, but it's not like, yeah, it's not a full fledged, you know, like this isn't Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) Yo, I come into the place and I roll up. (laughs) Oh, to all boy. my boys hanging out on Colab. <laughs> wow. Wow. That Those are what we call bars, ladies and gentlemen. My <laughs> Do my best funk flex. Just bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Listen, there is a good chance that Alexander Hamilton has been baptized in the Mormon church now. Retroactively. Yeah, for sure. sure. Anything could be a Mormon musical as long as you baptize him first. That's uh, right, can AJ. You, can you explain to me uh, what does the title mean? Because I've I've been racking my brain trying to figure out why they're yeah. fighting Saturday. Who or what is Saturday's warrior? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Like honestly, it could. It's just something that someone came up. Was like, yeah, that kind of works. That's kind of catchy. It's 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 fun. The lyrics are kind of hard to hear. And like I looked up the lyrics, and I was like, well, this doesn't explain it. They're still just saying Saturday over and over again for some reason. Saturday. Yeah, you got, <laughs> that that very holy day in Mormonism, Saturday. In, you know which, what? You know, seventh day Mormonism. Yeah. I was actually talking to my wife about this, and we both kind of came to the conclusion of like this. It, we have a theory where like Saturday was always the day uh, 
that you would like clean the house and do all the work. And there was a song that mm. I, I listened or mm. that, that we would sing growing up. And it was Saturday is a special day. It's the day we get ready for Sunday. No, you know, those like, are bars. Oh, yeah, okay. oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I, I kind of have like, I think it's something maybe tangentially related yeah. to that of like sort of you're 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 preparing yourself on saturday to get ready for sunday the holiest of holy days i don't know mm. that would make some sense that like there is a domesticity to saturday mm-hmm. i guess where the, the the preparation and it's where you bring everything together because that's really what this movie keeps yeah. coming back to is the importance mm. of staying together keeping a tranquil domestic life staying with the family and we even hear this from the opening number It's amazing how disinterested the choir sounds while singing the opening number. They're yes. just like, we're the Zoloff capital of the world. So <laughs> that just meant to me, like they just got like some sort of ward choir that they got for like some sort of like free labor thing. Just like, Hey, can you record this song in like 10 minutes? And like, we're just not even going to worry about it. We just need this over some credits. It the, yeah. This sounds yeah. like any kind of pre-recorded choral piece I've ever heard in church. Mm-hmm. But we hear uh, the lyrics about how, these children are very important. You know, they must learn yeah, why they're future. They must learn why they're here and who they are. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and, and we this raises the question that this show never really pays off. Yeah. Which is who are these children coming down? <laughs> whose, whose children are <laughs> whose they? Children are they? <laughs> it's yeah. After this Maltby and Shire ass opening, we now find ourselves <laughs> in the opening scene of Carousel yeah. uh, where the children yes. are hanging out with the, the fucking yes. star hanger. Uh huh. And but what I'm hearing is that this is not metaphorical stage space. This is actual Mormon theology. They really believe that the the thing that like Shirley Temple goes and does in the Bluebird is real and happens. <laughs> yeah, can we describe first the visual space that we're seeing here? What, like, what this heaven environment looks like? I'm guessing 90% of this budget went to fog machines. Yes. <laughs> More fog machines at a fucking Prince concert. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fog machines in that one car rental later. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a nice car. Uh, I was really impressed that they were able to sing with that much fog. Like that's actually the most impressive part about this opening sequence yeah, is that there. their throats are completely dried out and they're right. like croaking and dying, yeah. asphyxiating on the ship. I-, I watched this with my wife and she said the exact same thing. It's like, how are they able to do this? Like that has to just destroy your throat. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm guessing they probably had to re-record a lot of stuff afterwards. Yeah. But yeah. we've got we've got this tableau, right, where it's sort of a liminal space. It's very broad and empty, but for the aforementioned fog, which I guess represents clouds. And yeah. everybody's wearing like pajamas. They're entering their honk shoe era, Josh. Yeah. And honk shoe, uh, honk shoe, me, me, me. Uh, sure. And <laughs> no, no, no. The me, me, me's are Jehovah's Witnesses. It's a totally uh, different yes, thing. Yes, that's fair. Sorry. What what is this theologically? Like this is a thing, right? Yeah, the in the plan of salvation, which is like the big plan for why you're supposed to go to heaven and all that afterwards and all that. Like this is the part where you're waiting to get a body and then go be tested for the Lord and all that. So then you can be the most righteous on earth. This one just makes it look like it sucks. Like it's empty. There's nothing there. All you can do is dance, apparently, because you have nothing else to do. 
<laughs> no wonder why all these people are waiting to be born. Like, there's not even like a magazine or something. <laughs> hey, there is a single plinth and some stairs leading up to the plinth. They, okay. they can't even go and see a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. What do you want them to do for eternity here? Yeah, they take your phone away like you're at a Jack White concert. <laughs> God's just like, I need you to put this in the yonder pouch. Everyone, come on, get your yonder pouches. <laughs> yonder pouch. <laughs> Wait, so is this is this world then, this like celestial pre-born environment or whatever, this is different from heaven? This is a different space in Mormon cosmology? Yeah, this is the spirit yeah. world. Okay. Although it's also kind of heaven because like Pam comes back after she, she dies comes back, for yeah, some reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I'm very confused. Like also like it should also be known too, like we don't believe in predetermination, which is weird because like this one <laughs> makes it seem like it really is yeah. predeterminization. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. These are the Calvinist Mormons. I guess I like, so. I was like reading that too. It's like, so you're supposed to have eight kids. Like you have a predetermined amount. Like what happens if you have a ninth? Is that like, do you burn, do you like burn right. fucking Damien or something? Like what happens? Well, that's, a, that's one of the most confusing plot elements of this entire thing is that the mom apparently can't have a baby until yeah. her son comes home. Well, we'll get to that. But yeah, so the, the first line of Why? this show is just really, really wonderful. I yes. wonder what's taking them so long, all of this waiting. Oh, you're really anxious to be going, aren't you, Todd? When I think of what's happening this very minute, my mother having her very first baby, me. It's <laughs> 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 so, not even a good way of wording it. So that, that, just, that, that would that be man... so much funnier in a Donald Trump voice. <laughs> <laughs> my mother... Having a very no, first baby. No, no. Hey, <laughs> we is, have an N-word family. Beautiful. Do you know the N-word? That's <laughs> nuclear. We have a nuclear family. So this is Todd. Todd is the first man we're seeing here. And Todd. He's the most Todd-ass guy in existence. Yeah. Todd looks like he could be like my long-lost uncle or something. Uh -huh. Like, he, he definitely looks like we have some genes in common. Yeah. Um, his big thing is, yeah, I can't wait to go out there and get born. And he's there also yeah. with Julie. Julie is also excited to get born, but they're worried because once they make it down to the firmament, um, will they still know each other? Will they still love each other? This is yeah. a major an issue of some concern hey, for the two. somebody out there. I'm coming. God damn it. He's coming. Wow, same. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> you can definitely tell that every single guy at BYU in like 1989 really wanted to look like Donny Osmond for some reason. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. As yeah, someone yeah, yeah. who grew up walking distance from Osmond Lane, oh, I can absolutely go sign that. The Osmonds might as well just be like royalty at this point. Like they yeah. might as well be our royal our royal family like marie's the queen for some reason they literally have a gated community named after them in provo utah oh my Whoa. god well do they live there uh they i know they used do, to do they own it? is it like, like a thing this that grew, they own this grew, like this was in my neighborhood wow osmond lane Whoa. we would 
it was like a thing that we would drive through Osmond Lane uh, during the Christmas season because they would have these like elaborate light shows. Oh, wow. I Amazing. couldn't tell any of the men apart in this movie. I just yeah. especially like the first half hour of this movie is everyone waiting yeah. to be born. Yeah. 26 yeah. minutes elapse before we actually get to Earth. And, yeah. and, and, and we meet so many fucking people as part of this. We, we Again, yeah. we've met yeah. Julie, who I guess is the Marie. And there's this re- yeah long ass book scene. We meet yeah. all of these future siblings. They have this scene where they imagine their parents expecting them to show up. Yes. And it's- what I'd give to see the look on mom and dad's face when it happens. Oh. Sure feels like a big one, says mom. Oh, what? Got to be a boy, says dad. I love a little girl, Comedy. says mom. Comedy. And then the exciting moment arrives. Yeah, so this is the fucking like Von Trapp cool. family singers. Yes, it is, because then they fucking start the singing. Plane. Yes. They then have this this other great moment where they, they they're so sad. We're making the baby angels sad because mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. are not having enough children. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course it's easy to understand why she might be worried. 1.7 kids per family, not to mention abortion. Benji, don't ever say that word. <laughs> it's terrible. If people only knew what they were doing. So, <laughs> the one thing I'm pulling from that part is... Um, the one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amongst many, I should say, is that it feels like it's a lesson that you're like, listen, I know you might be tempted to do things like pull out or use birth control <laughs> or like just bust in a sock or something. But when you do that, you're killing a, you're killing a baby angel. So I just right, want you yeah. to know that God. you have a bunch of kids that are supposed to be born to you. And if they're not, they're going to be given to somebody else, which happens in this movie. This is why I only masturbate while looking to sl- at Slayer posters. Because <laughs> yeah. it's going to hell one way or the other. Solidarity, uh, brothers. Hell yeah. Amazing. And, yeah, and then we get this song because they have this youngest sister, and she's the one who's where everyone else is like, we're definitely going to be born. She's like, what if I'm not? What if they all leave me behind? It's like you're in fucking some kind of a heaven so who gives a shit but this is this is important though insofar as it is a setup for one of the major ongoing traumatic conflicts yeah i didn't realize i was supposed to be paying attention to this part it's okay i I paid attention to it so that you don't have to um (laughs) so so we get this little moment with the song that they're singing and then jimmy's like no we'll make sure that that dad busts enough times to get you on the plane so this is the, the youngest child emily Emily uh, has not been born yet. And one of the big dramatic conflicts of the film is, will she ever get the opportunity to be born? And the person who I guess is responsible for ushering her into life is her older brother, Jimmy. Jimmy is going to be our primary protagonist for this whole fucking movie. But how does he usher her into life? Does Very he sleep carefully. with his mom? Like, <laughs> dad, you have to nut tonight. Yeah. You have to give me Emily. Hey, dad. Dad, um, eating that celery? We got to get some solid rope. <laughs> yeah, you just get the you get the you know just like a bunch of angels screaming like that terrible scene in Requiem for a Dream. Come, come, come. It's just this, but it's. This is gonna keep going because we're getting serious now. Go, let's go okay. to the bridge. Yeah, I've got one for you. What'll you do if there comes a day when I lose my way? What'll you do? (laughs) I would stay by you, Jimmy. Pray 
If it would help, I'd even die for you, Jimmy. <laughs> die for me? What the fuck? You're not alive. You're, <laughs> you're skipping a step. <laughs> we were all fucking dancing like lunatics during that part. Not um, me. I want the record to show. <laughs> not all, all me. All of us except Brian were this dancing like lunatics Sondheim, during that part. folks. Um, yeah. I do not appreciate it. Brian raves to Sondheim. He's a big Pacific <laughs> Overtures raving fan over God. there. It's not even a lie. <laughs> it isn't. Sorry, Greg, you were saying. I was just going to say, I just like reliving all of that and like getting a bunch of, you know, like uh, flashbacks. A bunch of reliving a bunch of trauma. It really is funny that the religion that like almost made it so like prop eight was a thing, and you know, no, like the world's yeah. most homophobic religion has the absolute gayest ass. It's amazing. Yes. Unbelievably gay religion, just all around. Extremely homosexual. Yeah. Uh, um, It really is funny that like BYU leads like the nation in like stage productions and like dance (laughs) departments. Do they have a really good musical theater program there? The department's incredible. Like legitimately. Like they win awards for like their ballroom dance and like they they have one of the funniest, like most ironic things that I found the uh, the other day was the BYU hip hop dance division is oh a national god. champion. Oh no way. way. What? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> go and look at, go on YouTube and look at, uh, the BYU halftime shows that the BYU dancers put on during the BYU football games. Legitimately incredible. I I think the last time that they actually won that national championship, I think I quote tweeted the announcement of it with like just Elvis giving a thumbs up and (laughs) (laughs) he's what? He's what? He what? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Brian. The, uh, I, I do feel like when it comes to fucking like white bread ass religion, whether you're talking about Mormonism or evangelical Christianity. Uh, excuse me, Josh. You know that the main religion in Tonga is Mormonism. How dare you call it a, a white religion? <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't say white. I said it's white According bread. According to the church, 130% of Tongans are Mormons. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think BYU gets its linemen? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. There's a line in this movie that baffled me. They talked about San Diego girls as if they're like yeah. the most corrupting force on the planet. The, the biggest sluts in the universe. All <laughs> from are down San in Diego. San Diego, like one of the most conservative counties in AJ, California. There's a reason they call it El Cajon. <laughs> Those damn military <laughs> wives, I swear. Yeah, no, it's, it's worth noting that like the people who made this are like Hollywood people who have worked in film production, not just Mormon film production, right? But Lex de Acevedo, uh, who did a number of Mormon movies like Against a Crooked Sky, a song of which was used in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He also wrote the music oh. for Swan Princess and the Where the Fer- Red Fern Grows adaptation. Hmm. Uh, Douglas Stewart wrote the script for the Where the Red Fern Grows adaptation as well. And and the director of this, Bob Stewart, is a special effects supervisor who worked on like Terminator 300 Decker. Um, He's what (laughs) these guys are like. It's like focus on the family with all these like Southern California ass freaks. Wait, hold on. Keep talking about California. Decker, You don't mean the Tim Heidecker. Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's amazing. But yeah, like the. The, the 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 thrall that Broadway has on the yes. Mormon community is is just fascinating to me. And it even comes up in the plot of this show. Another thing that we see set up here that 
ends up having quite a bit of connection to Broadway is the introduction of yes. two more guys, uh, Wally and Harold. We've got Wally, who is the straight as an arrow, overconfident and rather buffoonish man who is going to save everyone as a missionary. And then we've got Harold, who is a little bit of a dork. He's kind of dweeby, guys. And these this odd couple is going to go off and try to convert people to become Mormons. Now, there might be a Broadway musical that that reminds you of. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe. I honestly thought Wally was going to bust out I Believe and like, right. like any moment of that like <laughs> scenes he was in. It was like, all right, I've seen this before. Well, the, the humble song that they sing is basically you and me, but mostly yeah. me. Yeah. This is a trope in a lot of Mormon movies. I've never, aside from this, really seen a Mormon movie all the way through, but my parents have direct TV and they have the Mormon channel on there. Uh, so whenever I'm home for Christmas, I watch what, what the Mormon television is up to. And I've seen a number of movies that are all about like the goofus missionary and the gallant missionary going around doing missions. And it's every time the gallant is a tall guy, skinny. He's got all of his shit together. And then you have a short, fat dude with glasses and curly hair. They always have curly, thinning hair. I don't know why that is, but that's always the goofus. (laughs) It's always Josh Gad and Andrew Rannells for real. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Mormon version of Gaston and LeFou. Yes. Yeah. And there's a point that even reflects like in the in of course the Book of Mormon the musical, you have Elder Price who's like I want to my favorite place to go would be to, you know, go to Orlando and preach to people in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And then he gets Uganda and it's like a big like Wah. we have a parallel here. Oh, just like I've always said it's who you know up here that counts. Pull some strings and we're born in the last days. Pull some more strings and in 20 years, Zamo We'll be preaching the gospel to Zamo. You want Zamo. to be preaching to something besides marsupials in Madagascar, you had better get over there. And from the like Southern what? Baptist background, you know, not everyone becomes a missionary, but those who do, the idea is that you want to go to Africa. You want to go to someplace like Madagascar because it's really cool. There's f- marsupials there. Are there? I, I think they meant you will be born in Madagascar, which noting the <laughs> church's oh. history. Lots of racism. Yeah, you want a mission there, you never want to be born there. Whoa, hold on. This was 11 years after we had decided that black people were human beings. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Subtext is fun. Yeah. (laughs) I just Googled, does Madagascar have marsupials? The answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of missionary work, uh, were were y'all, did y'all go on a mission? Oh, no, I, I, I joined the army to avoid that. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I was good at sports. Oh, I see. They, they can't send their best athletes out on missions. They're not, they're not sending their best folks. <laughs> well, it is fascinating because insofar, in, insofar as this musical works, I think the missionary stuff is the stuff that works best. Like, a lot of the family drama gets a little convoluted and lost in the sauce yeah really lost in the sauce <laughs> yeah but but the missionary stuff i think comes through pretty clear yeah because it's mormons have been making have been making that story for the last hundred years right so they're just like yeah we're gonna throw in the mission plot line that we have already have figured out the formula to some uh like mormon screenwriter somewhere saw laurel and hardy f- movie from like <laughs> yeah. 1920 and it's like okay i got it we can make this work and then like it's just been that forever two missionaries carrying a piano up the stairs yeah <laughs> anyway keep our boys wally and harold in the back of your mind they're gonna yeah, come back later on for a while yeah um, 
Instead, we move now on to uh, Jimmy, who, again, will yeah. remember as the protagonist of the story, the oldest sibling of this family and mm-hmm. his sister, Pam. And yeah. they are very much in incestuous love with each other. I am yeah. concerned about this. They they put their hands on each other's upper thighs, you yeah. know, like yeah. siblings do. And they, they also have to be timely, you know. So that they don't end up Madagascan, but also so that they don't get switched up because I did goof up once, sent the wrong babies to the wrong mothers. Luckily, the nurse in the hospital switched them back. <laughs> uh, I like the messaging of that. It's like, did your child get switched at birth by a nurse? That was God's will. That was actually, that's supposed to be your kid. Good. Don't worry, it worked out. Right. <laughs> Jimmy and Pam finally get fucking beamed down. Like the thing over, like this whole like spiritual world thing that I just cannot get over that my wife and I were talking about while we were watching this movie is like, why mm. the fuck are they adults? In the spirit yeah. world, yeah. and then but all of a sudden, are, like yeah. they go into their little spirit realm, like tractor beam, and they're babies. <laughs> yeah. Like there's just so much disconnect there that, like, I, I, I was losing my mind. Some of them, are, some of some them, are, them adults. are kids. Yeah, some of them are full grown adults. Yeah, the age variation makes no sense it's whatsoever. It's so weird. <laughs> but you can't have the innocent voice of, Jimmy, remember your promise. It, that's it, it. it doesn't that's sound it. the same way if it comes from like a 30-year-old woman. Jimmy, so. remember your promise. Jimmy, Jimmy, remember your promise. In a land where promises are kept. I'm going to be honest, Greg, that's very compelling. I would that's keep super, my promise super, if that's super the duper fucking compelling. in my head. Yeah. Uh, I would like to talk for just a brief minute about the acting style of this film. Mm. You mean bad? Uh, yeah. It's very bad. <laughs> but, it's actually good to me, but but I but I'm also very like I'm sympathetic towards it because I think a lot of these people were probably in the original like stage show or like uh, uh, I don't no, know because there's... the original stage show was so long it was in 1972. Oh, that's right. That it it came been out. This was like 17 yeah. years later. Yeah, some uh, of them yeah. weren't even born when the original stage show happened. Yeah, they we were had still a bunch of people in the spirit world. I'm yeah. saying. They were watching from above. <laughs> yeah, who were like, that's who gonna are be me. these children like, coming wow, down? Good show. I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So so the acting style is bad, but, you know, it's one of those things that it's like, you know, if you're acting on stage when you actually film it, you know, you want to like usually like pare down your mm-hmm. performance a bit. But there's this thing where the director clearly told them to just do whatever you would normally do on stage and we'll just film that. Right. But it yeah. leads to like these various like people like really, really overacting. And then a couple people who know they're on film and are able to pare down their performances. And then some people who are speaking in uh, I am's. For some reason, one of the daughters uh, has a line that goes, a little baby right this minute. Like, that's exactly how she delivers it. Anyway, I want to get to Earth. Oh, yeah. fine. We got to get past this. so much there fun been, in the fog, there Brian. There have been five songs, five <laughs> full songs beginning to end yeah, this before is... we landed on, on, on this planet. And I thought... Oh dear Christ! This is the whole movie. No, this is going to be the whole movie. Finally, after twenty-six minutes, twenty-six <laughs> minutes, we end up in an airport, and in this airport, we are seeing a grown-ass adult version of Wally. Again, we'll yeah. remember he's the missionary from before, mm-hmm. but he's he's with Julie, and Julie will remember is the one who previously... We probably won't remember this, so I better no, say it no, again. I certainly did Julie no. is the one who had previously in the pre 
born three songs ago uh three songs ago pledged her eternal love to todd and now she's with wally the missionary and it's like wait but Uh they're not the ones who are you know betrothed to be together what's gonna happen oh no for the life of me, I thought Wally was Todd too because all these yeah. people were the same. Yes, <laughs> I hate Todd, these I names wanna... so much, man. Jesus also, Christ! Also, the, the the scene at the uh, airport's amazing for a few reasons. First of yeah, all, yeah, I want to yeah. play a clip that has a lot of very important words that I want to yes, talk please. about. Okay, is this the girl I gave my CTR ring to six weeks ago? Is this the girl who swore to unconquerable fortitude and pioneer zeal? What's a CTR oh. ring? <laughs> yeah. okay. what, what is so, that? <laughs> it's a special kind of a CTE that BYU players get. <laughs> um, so CTR stands for choose the right. It's um, choose the what? Like, choose the right. It's supposed to be like a symbol, like R I T E. Yeah, R I G H T. As a matter of fact, for our podcast, we decided to make like a little cheeky little symbol ourselves to try and like uh, okay. Make it a little bit different, but yeah, there's a little shield thing, and um, oh wow! Yeah. Oh, so, so that's why you say choose the left. I get it because it, it works uh-huh. on multiple levels. It wow. does. It's very funny. It's also like a very insider joke. So most people are like that. I don't get that. It's like <laughs> that's fair. That's not for you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we like, ask that on our show all the time. Who is this for? Yeah, sometimes but, it's just for us. Yes, yeah, it's just for us. It makes me laugh. It Dude's doesn't rock. have to make you laugh. <laughs> yeah. So what is what is the like emotional significance of a CTR ring? Then, well, well, it's this ring that they used to like give out. Like I I remember I received like one when I was like seven or eight years old. Is like a here's a little okay. ring you can wear that make sure that you stay on the right and on the true path all the time. Mm. And then like at a certain point, like you could like buy them from like Deseret book or all that, which is like the church's own bookstore. Oh, wow. <laughs> so like you had the option of actually like wearing these things all the time too. And it was supposed to be just like a constant reminder. And I guess these two use it as a promise ring. Well, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, so yeah. it, it's, a, it's a different function from a promise ring. Like it's you your generally promise ring to Jesus Christ. Okay. Got okay. it. Yes. Yeah. So all oh, the yeah. weird Dutch kids at Calvin would always give each other like a pearl ring. as like some oh, sort yeah. of bizarre. That was, that was so fucked up. Engagement ring. So did I you, thought, is oh, that a thing in Mormonism? Like when you say you're going to, somebody's going to get pearled. Which Josh, does, this isn't a thing in any other which in any place. That, is a, that is a purely Dutch reformed thing. Oh, it's thing. horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it doesn't mean coming on someone. You guys have mean... pearled. We have soaked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we actually, we had a name for that in Grand Rapids. There was Grand Rapids Christian High School. We called soaking. It, it, Grand Rapids Christian High School was shortened to Gurkus uh, from the initials. And so we would call that the Gurkus special. That's right. That's oh, right. <laughs> I, in Catholicism, we had penance. No, no, that's that's it. We didn't have any promise rings. We just had to repent. You just had to apologize every, later every on. Every single yeah. day of I mean, our we, lives. We had true love weights rings, but mm. those it gets kind of funny when you're jacking off and wearing one. But <laughs> <laughs> this AJ, is why I only masturbate with my right hands. There we go. Mm. <laughs> but AJ, I, we had pendants too. The only problem is it was usually like with someone in your neighborhood, and you had to look him in the eyes and tell him what you did. Mm. It's fun. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, so is this like an accountability partner or something? Yeah. No, it's like uh, you, you, if you if you do a serious enough sin that you can't just be like, hey, sorry, dear God, I'm sorry about that. I won't do it again. I probably will, but I won't do it for a while. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. But like for like serious.
serious ones like you know jacking off man, uh, pornography yeah, things the, like that the really too. serious shit you yeah. Have to, yeah you have to Real face shit. the guy who sells insurance in your neighborhood <laughs> who's also been named a bishop for some reason and, and then you have to tell him as he looks very uncomfortable <laughs> Does he give you things to do, like to like repent for it? Like, does he? Because I know in Catholicism, it's like say mm. four, four Hail Marys, and they give you yeah. like a laundry list of homework. Or is he just like, ah, oh, you're good? See, I always lied about it, so I didn't really have to worry yeah, okay. about it. Nice. Uh, for sure. <laughs> no, you just get to live with a lifetime of guilt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Oh, good. AJ knows what that's like. Well, yeah. and the nice thing yeah. is because those those bishops aren't you know celibate priests. There, I'm sure there's absolutely no abuse that comes from that. No, 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 no. You just get a actually, you just get a secret secret credit card your wife doesn't know about where you pay for Bang Bros. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into the number, the fucking yes. air, airport song. Yeah. So now we have our Hades Town moment where he's like, "Wait for me." I'm coming. And uh, <laughs> yes. So yes, this Brian. is another at least trope in Mormon movies that I've seen parts of where it's like I've I've I'm going on the mission but mm. I've got a girl at home. I've got that girl that I've left behind. She's going to have to wait for me and then then That's we're going to get married. see her. She's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we we actually get a sort of okay number here. Raise your hand and repeat after me. On my word of honor. On my word of honor. I will wait for you. I will. Wally? Oh, Julie, don't give me Wally. A guy has to know these kind of things. It's gotta know. Will you wait for me? Will I wait for you? <laughs> will I wait for you? Every, so this is just like a series of missionaries and their girlfriends dropping luggage in like a kick line. And I, and I need to paint for our listeners sort of a yeah. visual picture of the costumes in this oh my number. God. <laughs> a lot of primary colors. So good. And like they're wearing the, the ladies are wearing these dresses that are like a sort of a reddish uh, ombre kind of color yeah. with like a nice texturing. And then the, the you know, the, the dress and this is something that I noticed from like having watched a lot of musical theater, right? Is like, there's a lot of stuff that again, feels like musical theater where there's like a little kick line. There's like lots yeah. of like, I'm doing the thing with my legs, but because yeah. the dresses are so long, you generally can't really <laughs> see their legs, which is yeah. kind of the whole point of numbers like this. Yeah. yeah. lyric it's like oh yeah does the does the morning wait for the sun does a baby wait to shit all over its own ass <laughs> I, I really appreciate a couple things there first off like my wife said about like the, the costume design too is like wow someone had a semester of color design and never looked at it ever again yes sir yes sir and yes. then like when it came to like all the women too like how they were all like the message was, and I really feel like this is what it is what they were going for is, hey, guys, don't get too hung up on it, because while they're slightly different, they're all pretty much the same, <laughs> which uh -huh. in generally is the message that Mormonism gives about women anyway. So, sure. yeah, well, and it's interesting because yeah. they do have this weird thing where the, these two characters, that guy who looks like Josh 
uh, is is off being not straight somewhere. And then, <laughs> he wants like, to be straight. They're destined for each other from before birth. But like this relationship is therefore like, I guess no one really cares. She's very unfaithful and she's very um yeah, this uh, uh, flighty. Yeah. This uh movie has some very mixed morality to it too. Yes. Don't yeah. you dare do family planning. But also emotional cheating's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. She was a whore. <laughs> it's amazing too that at the beginning of this number, uh the girls start singing and they have like I think they only choreographed about four bars of this entire song and then they just started looping it yeah. at a certain point. <laughs> They're doing their best out here and they are okay. They are perfectly competent, but God damn, it's sort of hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. let's not, let's not judge by age here because in this film here, Wally's supposed to be 19 and he's a solid 35. Oh yeah. yeah. For sure. That man has Absolutely. six kids and yep. a reverse yep. mortgage and, <laughs> and a very secret credit card. <laughs> this song was cut by the way from the 2016 version. This next song is also cut from the 2016 oh, yeah. version. Yeah. Oh so, my God. I didn't even know I, what I to do with this. this. I didn't clip this because no. Um, <laughs> nose, we go from Brian, this airport. Nose. We go from this airport scene to a TV studio just abruptly. And yeah. we see the twin sister in her wheelchair. This is like, I guess the first time we see her terrestrially. And it's like, this okay, again is she's Pam, disabled now. Pam, yeah. who is in incestuous love with her brother, Jimmy. Yeah. And who was really into dancing. Cause that's what she said. She loves to do in the premier oh. existence because in this movie too, God's ironic cruelty still exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so she's singing a song about Jimmy Durante. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what the kids love in 1989. Kids yeah. in Utah definitely know who Jimmy fucking Durante is. So they just sing a song. They're like, we have our father's nose. And they all put on these big hooked schnozzes. And the song ends and we go to the next. <laughs> it yeah, feels like, incredibly anti-Semitic. I just, it does. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Which is really funny because Mormons really are just weebos for juice. Yes, yes. Well, but this, this also sort of comes back to something that we've talked about a little bit on our Adventures in Odyssey episodes, which is how people who are, again, who love like this aesthetic, they love sort of the borscht belt, like Mm -hmm. that thing, but they don't understand culturally where it comes from, will end up aping the aesthetic without understanding the actual things that ground the aesthetic. And so it just ends up feeling very weird and disconnected from its original context. And it was at this point that I I was like, okay, this movie is definitely like a sketch movie. This is not a movie with a plot. A bunch of Mm -hmm. things are happening until it starts to coalesce like an hour in to be like, (laughs) no, all of this is linking back. So I guess Mm -hmm. the family actually sings this song on TV. They're like, yeah, they're the the Von Von Trapp family singers. No, no, but what is their actual last name? Because this is also very important. Uh, does it uh, say it all? I don't yes. remember it. Their last name is the Flinders. Oh, that's right. Not the Not Flanders. Flanders. Stupid Flinders. Stupid, Stupid sexy, sexy Flinders. I gotta oh, say, my. Oakley Doakley is a very like Utah County yeah, ass yeah, greeting. Yeah. So it's the Flinders tracks. family, right. and then it's also the missionaries yeah. have their own side quest. There, there's this really interesting thing that happens in Christian movies in the 2000s. Like this happens a lot later, where they all just become babble. They all have like 40 different plots that they have to tie together. Yeah, like to God's fill not time. dead. It's God's like, not it's, dead it's, is like it's, that. It's like the love Genesis actually. Code. They, they, yeah, they, um, vignettes that pull together. 
Yeah, there's that one with Thomas Hayden Church. They all are these big, sprawling stories that have too many plots going on. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, we had stuff like Adventures in Odyssey, where it's very simple. A plot, maybe a B plot. You know, mm-hmm. s- sitcom format or just kind of regular 70-minute movie format. This is a, 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 a trendsetter. This is the first one that's like, no, we're going to have every plot. We're going to have everything going on. It's going to be the story of the prodigal son. It's also going to be the story about the goofus and gallant missionaries. It's also going to be a story about being destined for somebody. And it's also going to be about a guy hanging out with his anti-natalist street tough friends. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. And this for me is where the movie really kicks into high gear. After after learning about how we've all got daddy's nose, which to be clear, triggered my flight or fight reaction. (laughs) (laughs) And we, we cut just immediately from that song. It's just happened without any context to these people who are friends of Jimmy Talking about the song. Yes. These 50s juvenile delinquents hanging out with their street racing yeah. cars. Yep. The, yeah. the only I mean, thing that you can really describe this like gang dynamic is <laughs> essentially it comes from like a dare video. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ali yes. <laughs> said that was a pretty impressive little number on TV last night, Jim. <laughs> little number? No. Were there 10 or 20 in your family? <laughs> Seven. Can you believe that? 20 siblings? It's just a publicity stunt. We do it with mirrors. You do it with mirrors? Ginky. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that show sponsored by Planned Parenthood? I'll bet it's just unbridled primal urges. Is it hereditary, Jimmy? Drop dead. Hey, relax, Jim. We're just worried about you. There are some important decisions coming up in your life. What is this? It's, it's establishing the stakes, Nine Brian. Set of wheels or 47 kids. Yeah, man. The two options. Or diapers. What a bore. Yeah, they're, they're, they're now doing slam poetry. Or oh, oops, forgot my pill. Pop, sex, squish. Uh-oh. They got a point. A couple says, well, just this one can't hurt. But they can't stop at just one. Mm. And pretty soon there's a child care crisis. No time, no bucks, no fun. This is the worst porno I've ever listened to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like they started writing this scene with a destination in mind, but weren't sure like how to get there. Like they started from the end and wrote backwards from there. And then it's like, wait, how did we get here? And and here really is the end is that these guys are not just street toughs. They're not just libertines. They're not just drug users, they're environmentalists. Mm. (laughs) We as citizens of planet Earth have a solemn obligation to preserve our natural resources. Like the ozone. Like portions. By limiting our numbers. Awesome. Uh, (laughs) This is the threat the Mormon faces in this earth. Listen, I just want to say these eco-fascists had a pretty good choreography to them. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll hear him out. I just think it's really funny that like, you know, outside of like the first racist moment of like, you know, marsupials in madagascar like the other yeah. moment uh is like jimmy lost his way because he finally started hanging out with a black guy right yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> here's the one black actor in the show yeah the guy who wants to preserve the ozone yeah, yeah. what mm-hmm. a monster yeah. he started hanging yeah. out with the captain planet kids <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that leads us then into this really yeah. fucking scintillating Zero little number. These people oh. want to drive humanity extinct. Every day the world is getting smaller by far. What can we do? Self-pollution is the answer, my friend. Without it, the rest of us are doomed. Who can survive? Who can survive? Not one of us will be alive. Who can be strong? Who can be strong? Whatever you choose, God. Who can survive? I have to say, like, all the arrangements for these songs were originally very 1970s, and this song adapts very well into the 80s with all the electronic drumming and everything like that. But this reminds me of that episode of Moral Oral. Josh, I know you were just rewatching Moral Oral, where they do a musical and and Oral is playing uh, Judas Iscariot, Mm. and he sings a song about how much he hates Jesus. Right. But it's the best song in the show. So everyone in town is just like driving around and just singing, I hate you, Jesus. I hate you so much. You're the worst <laughs> fucking guy I've yeah. ever met. It's just like, this is the problem with faith-based musicals. They always give the best song to the, the most evil people. And in this case, environmentalists. I, I don't know why, but this like one number reminded me of like an SNL skit where Norm MacDonald's the only person in West Side Story who doesn't realize it's a musical. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's if like, the nihilists from Big Lebowski were theater kids. Yes. <laughs> I feel like for the most part, this score is like every German musical ever written. Like this has Germanicus yes. written all over yeah, it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but it, it's, I, I think this one has personality and is able to like thrive because it has a very distinct point of view. And a lot mm-hmm. of these songs don't really have a point of view yeah, and they don't feel specific. And then we just kind of go into like a desert of songs yeah. for a yeah. while. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, before like, we get into that desert though, um, I, I also had one Deseret. more. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, let's I, go. I, had, I had a question for uh, Greg and Jordan about this as well. Yeah. This like zero population thing and, you know, the the idea that like the antithesis of being a good Mormon is a world where humanity is extinguished to me speaks to something about the core of the ideology of Mormonism that like there is a fertility cult aspect to this religion. And I was wondering if you guys could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man. Mormons be fucking. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) To put it more, uh, a little more detail that's uh, (laughs) up. Quiverful is uh, yeah. like is, is a movement that's pretty big in Mormonism to a certain extent. Like I think like yeah. Southern Virginia University, which is uh, also a church. I don't think it's church owned, but it's church adjacent. It's hmm. church affiliated um, for sure. Yeah, there's there's big movements of Quiverful there too. So you know, like don't use bird control, don't do anything like yeah. that. Family planning is evil. Blah blah blah. Hmm. So the same stuff. But like yeah, like in the seventies and eighties, apparently that was huge because to me who grew up in like the nineties and two thousands, like I barely heard anything about zero population like it was just mean like have as many kids as you possibly want please but that right. was about it mm-hmm. yeah and this is like this is like the the outsiders really don't want you to do it you have to do it because the evil ones from outside of our community are saying no you should be like the the shakers or some shit which is also how quiverful expresses itself in evangelicalism yep 
Oh, yeah. 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 Like you have to have as many kids as possible to own the libs. Like that's, that's yeah. kind of what it comes down to. Well, it's also like, we've talked a lot about on Brigham Young Money about how Mormonism was the first MLM. Yeah. <laughs> and you, yeah. Just, you need a lot of people in your downline. That's true. And also just like uh, looking at this family dynamic of the Flinders, which is the funniest thing to say to me. Uh, <laughs> yep. You have seven kids, one with who is disabled too. And like, I'm yeah, just like thinking yeah. like, what kind of job does this guy have to actually be able to afford? Oh, he's an accountant at series. You could, you could, <laughs> yeah. you could raise a family of 12 on a what is this? Sears accountant salary in Provo, Utah in 1982. <laughs> yeah. Like what is this like uh, Mormon Michael Ironside doing for work to afford all this? Yeah. Oh my God. I also got some real like sedated Mandy Patinkin vibes yeah, from this guy. Yes. What's interesting is how realistic the family feels because the dad is totally checked out. He does not yeah. fucking care. Every once in a while, kids get like too rambunctious. He's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mormons and the never mom, did ban quaaludes. Just yeah. <laughs> they, they like reference that the mom has had some like real emotional troubles that she hasn't been able to address. Yeah. It's so strange. Oh, this scene is wild. This is oh. this is this is where we get to right after uh, zero population. It's our first like family book scene with Jimmy coming back home. And at and first they're talking about like adoption. And so I thought it was going to be about like this whole thing about, you know, being pro adoption because I know Mormons adopt a lot of kids, too. Right. Uh, but yeah. mostly it's just about how awful it is that people are abandoning their children. Like kids just being like, you're not going to abandon me, are you? And yeah, like, no, it, no, it gets really weird, too, especially when like one of like the younger daughters and sons are like fighting with each other. Like, I've seen you in my room hugging my pillow and kissing it, which as a father, <laughs> yeah. I would probably have gone. Uh, hold on a second. You're doing what? There's, there's also your this sister's <laughs> pillow. That was not enough for him to look up from a, his newspaper. There's also it this like extended, right news. extended <laughs> conversation <laughs> about like which child mom would give away if yes. forced to do so. And it's like, what is going on here? I mean, let's also talk about the fact that like the mom saying like, I still feel empty inside. It's like, well, yeah. thanks, mom. Um, we're here. Uh, so apparently the seven of us just do not fulfill your life at all. And you're still like this. That's, that's great to hear. Maybe you should just keep that between you and dad and not tell us. (laughs) (laughs) But she's hoping that she can fill that like, hole inside of her by having yet another child and uh, yeah. Jimmy is not happy about yeah, this. Jimmy's like maybe this is a problem maybe this isn't the way to address your issues because it hasn't so far right. he's actually completely correct yeah we're pro Jimmy over here yeah, yeah. very pro Jimmy I mean look you you all would also go insane if your house existed in a blue void you know, and you could just like walk through walls whenever you wanted to. And my wife pointed out one thing about this house that just made me laugh. And I, we had pretty much had to pause it just cause I was just laughing is that okay. the staircase in the background looks like it was designed by MC Escher. And it's like, yeah. yes. Oh, yes, yes, there is a forced perspective thing going on that yeah. doesn't work due to the fact that it's being shot from multiple angles. Yeah. yeah this is if Thornton Wilder did night trap. It's, it's <laughs> There's this conversation, you know, Jimmy, like, I mean, he's very cruel to his mother. Like, he he's, he yeah. really owns her here. It's not good. But, like, someone, maybe the dad, I don't remember. I just wrote down the quote. He says, what is this, World Consciousness Week? <laughs> it's like, what are you, some kind of wokest? Mom and dad both are pretty beside themselves. They yeah. sing about how, like... What yeah. the fuck is wrong with our son? He oh, used I to forgot be, about that. He song. used to be yeah. so nice, and now it, he's a bitch. It's called. <laughs> it's called. Didn't we love him? Which is yeah. a duet between them and him. 
But it opens with the dad saying, is it normal teenage brain damage mm. or was it something we did? Yeah, this guy does not fucking care about his kids. <laughs> no, no. Also, like if the song was called normal teenage brain damage, it would just be so much better. Oh, well, yes. that, 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 that's <laughs> a different show. That's ballad, an entirely yeah. different show. There, there's that's no my way. favorite Nirvana song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole song was essentially like that uh, Seymour Skinner uh, meme of like, am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so Jimmy goes out to the gazebo from Home Improvement. Yes. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> where Brad has the weed under the bench swing. He's gone out to smoke Brad's weed. Uh, and, he, and he stares at the sky and he sings how sad he is uh, yeah. that he's with a family who doesn't understand him. And it's the movie briefly turns into a PowerPoint presentation uh, of just like all of his like pic baby pictures of him oh, yeah, actually and it's like growing definitely up. that actor's real baby pictures. Oh, yeah, because the parents it's aren't like the pictures same. with his mom, his real mother. Who looks, who looks different nothing like his stage mom I mean it's you know like that is the standard thing when you're doing when you have like child photos of a character you usually just like go with like I did that with uh, the end of the tour when I was working on set decoration for that we just got a bunch of pictures of Jason Siegel that I still have on a hard drive somewhere oh, like, amazing. so his sister rolls in from the other side I, I want to point out she comes in from out of the yard, I guess. Like she was going for a stroll. Was there but a like ramp the house on is the on the other side of the? Not really. No. Yeah, it looks I like mean, somebody had to like physically lift her onto the porch because there's no ramp. There's she's just, just there. magically there when the camera pans out. And again, yeah. just and, to reiterate here, because yeah. it's relevant, uh, yeah. this is the same sister who loves dancing, or at least yeah. loved dancing back when she was up in fucking pre-heaven, um, yeah. but now mostly exists to suffer. And we have the yeah. physical manifestation of her suffering being that she's in a wheelchair because obviously, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, you can't really live a full life. I just had a lot. Of, this is this is for Grayson me, Robinson of you. Um, a very, like, personal, like, frustrating yeah. thing. Mm. As somebody who has a chronic health condition, every time that I see somebody who exists who's disabled for the sake of us pitying their disability it makes me really fucking mad like yeah. i just get yeah. so cranky about it because it's so clear that her entire role in this is to just be like the long-suffering you know you and your perfect faith i think you're too good for this rotten world if my faith were so perfect i might be moving mountains don't say it don't I might say. even be dancing. Yes, sir. But as it is, you sit there day after day, oh. never complaining, oh. always cheerful. Yes, oh, always cheerful. That's a that's never a, that's complaining one of those because mm -hmm. you know if you have a disability, you should never be able to like the the, the paragon of virtue. You can't complain yeah. about your lot in life, and it's like that's it's like, right, AJ. God gives us the disabled <laughs> to show how much more faithful we That's can be. That's right, Brian. Yeah, I am a walking example. That's Thank the point you, Josh, of me. for doing that for You're me personally. Welcome. I'm doing great because of you. Yeah. The first God. principle in Mormonism is shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Snitches get stitches. Sorry, uh, guys, but you know you can't have a grind set if you're complaining. No, I, that's I, true. I, yeah, this bit was funny because this was Jimmy just going like ableist for like five minutes. Where like, <gasps> did you change your medication? You just sit yeah, there day the after day. It was like, what's going on here? Like, why? Why is he treating his sister like that? His twin sister. Yeah, who he touches on the thigh all the time. He sure does, and wants to 
have sex with and maybe already have. I'm coming. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there we go. They, so they sing like a love duet together that's not a love duet, but it's 100% yeah, a 100% love I've got, duet. I've got a little bit of it. Yeah. Line upon line, precept on precept, <laughs> like a summer shower, giving us each hour his wisdom. We're still going to do a rhyme in this one. Precept after precept. She's actually singing about cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> this There's is the most played was song. Into endless love in the dark together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like this starts out feeling kind of like Alan Menken, but like. Yeah. I don't know enough yeah. about music theory, but there's something about the phrasing, the musical phrasing in most of these songs where it's just like, it's weird. It drags out too long. It's like, oh, you yeah. feel the melodic tone and then it's like, oh, I'm going to string you along a little bit there's farther. There's something particularly yeah. weird about the, she sing, and then instrumentally yeah. it goes, bah, bah. there's there's something, it's <laughs> yes, like, yes. there's like a missing bridge, like you fall into yeah. a chasm before or, it catches you. Or maybe you. like <laughs> there should be another vocalist who like comes in in part two with the duet, but it's like she's singing a duet with a synthesizer. Very strange. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 a very very odd little song, a very very odd little composer. This this man, this Acevedo man. But yeah. I do have a question here for Greg and Jordan, which is, what is this song actually saying? To the extent that it's saying anything, don't ask questions. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. It's like it's pretty much like, why are you like doubting this? You don't know everything. Like I think she even says like too is like I don't have all the truths. Like it's the stars. Only some of them appear at times, which is like. To me, it's always been like, I don't want all the answers. I would just be kind of content with just an answer, period, about um, anything. Yeah. Like, like trying to actually find like an actual like coherent ideology in this is like nailing jello to a wall. Right. But that's what yeah. we do. Yeah. That's the whole reason yeah. this podcast exists. Our walls are just lined with jello nails. This is one of my <laughs> one of my fundamental problems with Mormonism and ultimately one of the big reasons, mm. uh, you know, outside of the homophobia and racism and all that, why I left mm. the religion is because mm. it is an anti-curiosity religion. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I grew up uh, like a naturally curious person. I like to ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. and like, it just doesn't, you know, a lot of this stuff wasn't making sense to me, you know, it was, you know, one plus one doesn't equal three. And, but every time I, I would go and I would ask questions, I was just yeah. told you don't have faith. You need to look huh. inward. And I remember yeah. there was a, one of the like most fundamental concrete moments when I realized that like, I don't belong in this religion is I was in seminary, which is basically a high school class for Mormons. Okay. That's very prevalent in Utah. And there was, I forgot yeah. the, the story it was some sort of Mormon parable. And I was just literally, I was just asking questions. And I was like, this isn't making sense to me. And I got kicked out of class for being uh, Uh, a distraction. And I was like, I I wasn't coming from a place of like trying to be a detriment or anything. Like I just, Mm -hmm. it wasn't making sense to me. And I needed somebody to explain to my dumb brain, like I'm five years old. That's incredible. That exact same thing happened to me in Catholic school. Yeah. I was I was asking questions in, because uh, there's also seminary in, in Catholicism uh-huh. too. And I was just asking questions and I was called uh, to the front of the room after the class and the teacher said, you have to stop asking questions. The kids are listening to you more than listening to me. Yeah. And I said, well, that's not my job. <laughs> and then I was not allowed back in that class. I'm a fundamental believer that like, if something is the truth, 
and it's infallible and beyond reproach, mm-hmm. it can stand up to any sort of questioning. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. This is a little different, though, I think, from sort of the tradition of Reformed Christianity, or at least the more, I guess you could say, liberal strain of that tradition. Because although in high school, Christian high school, I wasn't able to ask too many questions, I think that was more due to the teachers <laughs> not wanting to have right, questions right, asked right. than the tradition of questioning itself. I always grew up learning, and I think, Brian, you may have grown up in a somewhat similar way. Southern Baptists are actually the same way. They invite questions. Your answers are going to be really fucking narrow. Yes, correct. But you can ask the question. And and, and in Reformed Christianity, too, there's this idea that, like, change comes about through discernment. The idea is that you ought to discern. I mean, it's such a it's such a fucking joke that like one year our college newspaper did as part of their (laughs) annual parody. Uh issue they create a parody of choose your own adventure called discern your own adventure discernment is just such a buzzword but it's just like careful discernment of the things that come together to be like hey does this make sense or not i was so shocked in this number how it really was just like you can't ask questions the moment you start asking questions you are doing a no growth you are doing something wrong (laughs) how dare you Yeah, it's not even, oh, the answers are right here in the book. You just have to look at the book more. It's like, just shut up. You're right. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. God's going to rain wisdom on you from above. Uh, (laughs) It's funny you bring up discernment because there is actual like discernment in Mormonism, too. Like Mm. there is the, quote, power of discernment, which is supposed to allow like priesthood holders of every level to be able to be essentially works like the force where it's like, yeah, yeah. you you unlock that at level three and it grants two additional stat boosts. It's actually what Charles Xavier. Exactly. You're supposed to be able to tell when people are lying. You're supposed to be able to tell when people are being untrustworthy. You're supposed to be able to see their true heart. Got it. But of course it doesn't work like that because apparently Oopsies! We kind of put a bunch of child molesters in charge of our yeah. Boy oh, Scout you program. You hate to see it, don't you? It's the it's the, yeah. it's the Mormon version of I'm an empath. Uh, oh, it actually Christ. is. It really is. Yeah. But I wish I had a cool story like you guys. I just got approached by a multicultural gang from an after school special. And, yeah. um, oh, I see. <laughs> Wait, Jordan, did you come down to San Diego? I think I remember seeing you. Let's go see musicals at the La Jolla Playhouse yeah, instead of the, the old, old globe, globe, baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> When we get back, uh, you know, we're yeah. going to pay off a bunch of the stuff that we've been hearing yeah. so far. About. All these yeah. threads are going to come back together. Sort uh, of. <laughs> yeah. Can I, and I'd, I'd also like to take a moment to sort of set up this commercial because I think uh, yes, please. it requires oh, some setup. Sure. So uh, while I was researching Saturday's Warrior, you know, I, like Brian, listened to the original stage production in 1973. And then I also listened to the uh, the new version of in 2016 to sort of like figure out what was cut and the reasons why and all that sort of thing. And in addition to the three songs that they wrote for the 2016 version uh, uh-huh. they also wanted to no. like do a thing where they like appealed more to like the modern youths did they you know? no. they really wanted to do a little this punch is a real, up for this some... is a real thing that they did yeah yeah for that some they yeah, did yeah, yeah. Uh, so so they brought in uh, they brought in a, de- <laughs> uh, a, a dentist from Long Island yeah named sure do- uh, uh-huh. named, doctor, named Dr. Samuel Bolch DDS Real, really yeah. and uh, <laughs> he did a little a couple of little uh, lyric punch ups uh, he's you know that was sort of his thing he was brought uh-huh. in as like a hired hand and he uh-huh. recorded a demo uh-huh. uh, for the song uh, pulling together like a new interesting take uh-huh. on the song uh-huh. pulling together and I think you're gonna see probably why it was cut uh- <laughs> hey 
Hey there folks, it's your brother Jimmy. If there's bad news, gimme, I'll get you through. Jimmy, wait, please set us straight. What stands between us, pray like those in meeting our fate. We've got our father and mother fucking each other. Pulling together, hope they don't pull out. What'll I do if dad doesn't finish or his load is finished? What'll I do? Try some hope, you tiny dope. And when dad's getting horny and he's shooting some rope. We've got our father and mother fucking railing each other. Pulling together, please dad don't pull out. Way up here, we just can't make it. All our open doors are shut. If we lift and pull together, we can help our father not. Hey there, kids, it's the eldest Billy. I'm thirsty for killing and I hunger for flesh. Have some faith. Wait, hunger for flesh? Oh, yeah, when I go down to Earth, I'm gonna kill a lot of people. Why? Just a feeling, I guess. I mean, I'm gonna be a cis white man in California in the 1970s. I'm probably gonna kill some people. Oh. Maybe some San Diego girls, if you know what I mean. I do not. But I don't like the sound of all this killing business. Well, what can you do to stop me? After all... What can you do? I'm the firstborn son, nothing to be done, what can you do? I would stay by you, Billy, pray for you, Billy, I'd even die for you, Billy. That can be arranged. We've got our father and mother fucking each other. Billy's the firstborn, you should just pull out. Without a doubt, you should just pull out. Billy's a killer, you should just pull out. He's gonna put the point in Point Loma. He's gonna lacerate La Jolla. He's gonna stab some people at SeaWorld. Just pull out. I'm coming. Gosh darn it, Dad. Ah, yeah, everything's coming up, Billy. This is the point in the movie where we really kind of meander around a bit. Yeah, like, yeah. this is the vibes portion of the yeah. movie. Yeah. We, we, we get a portion. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is where we meander. Yeah, yeah not anywhere else. <laughs> no, 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 everything else has been really tight. straightforward and oh, yeah. like just A to B to C. Like, no, everything else has been really clear up until this point. We've yeah. got we've got Julie's number about an ideal husband where she, like, sings. An ideal husband? That sounds like something from the next world. <laughs> no, no Oscar Wilde fans wow. here? And I, I, no? I thought that was okay. good. Okay. Um, I, on the contrary, Aunt Augusta, I've now realized the vital importance of being earnest. The big takeaway from this fucking bullshit is that Wally and Julie, <laughs> Wally being our missionary guy, Julie being, I don't know, the fucking chaste virgin of the family. God bless you for keeping track of these names. You're welcome, yeah. Brian. Even keeping track of these faces. I'm like Oliver Sacks with this movie. This is a labor of love if I've ever seen one. It yeah. was particularly hard to do given Josh that- Josh like, converted at the end of his movie watching <laughs> 
experience. Yeah, I'm a Mormon now. Um, given that this is, I think, like 240p or 360p video on YouTube, oh, yeah. it makes yeah. it even harder to differentiate between their facial features. But um, yeah. Julie's waiting for Wally, but clearly her heart is in another place at this point, right? Two she weeks. Two yeah. weeks after he left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I understand, she, though, but like two weeks in, in Mormondom is like 25 <laughs> years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, she keeps just telling him to work harder and work harder. He's like, not hard enough. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me play that clip. I don't, I don't have the clip from the song because the song is trying to be one of the fun songs and it sucks Correct. dick. But like, yeah. it's wacky uh, though. It's a song about how she's breaking up with him, I guess. Dear Julie, you are my inspiration. Why, last month I averaged 18 hours of proselyting a day, attracted 5,000 homes, held 125 discussions, and put my companion in the hospital. Oh, but still not one baptism. Do you still love me? Just for like, just a clarification, like tracting is also like going door to door. Sure. That's what they call it when you knock on someone's door and they open it up. He, putting his companion in the hospital sounds like it's separate from all of like the proselytizing. It just <laughs> sounds like he just got really mad one day and put his, his companion in the hospital. <laughs> you know, I thought he maybe just had a really big whoopsie. Just had a big mishap, mm. and yeah, there was he's a problem. A he's a whoopsie clums, you know. It, yeah, it, they're both kind. Like we get the goofus, we get Drew Carey to show up again, but they're both kind of the goofus and both kind of the gallant. They kind of alternate, which a yeah. bit. again is just they're like verse. Book of Mormon. It's yeah. it's yeah. the same way, and I found the parallels so striking because of the fact that. Book of Mormon has, I would say, its issues, but it is by and large a well-constructed show. And so yeah. this is so poorly constructed, but it it has the same feel to it. And I just think that's really by the way, interesting. I apologize for mentioning that musical so much. I'm sure you've heard enough about it. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, though, like they've definitely seen you, this. Yeah. You can't differentiate from it. You really can't. Yeah. Because like, mm -hmm. honestly, like it's one of those things where this is such a shitty show that your brain <laughs> automatically goes to like, I'm going to think about things that are better. And right. yeah. there it goes. Yeah, I have to admit, I spent a lot of the time during this part of the movie on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was college football I Saturday. Michigan you. was playing. Oh, yeah. That mm -hmm. Michigan-Maryland sure. game was really good. It was good. really good. Yeah, that was better than whatever this bullshit was so sorry i do have to say i do respect one thing about julie which is just like every time that like wally would write to her it's like i've done all these crazy things it's like and then she just like responds with like essentially just damn that's crazy and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> got left on red yeah. <laughs> um and then we oh. sort of get wally's perspective on the situation you know yeah wally is he's he's bummed out they're in a park somewhere i'm, I'm also very confused as to where they are because we come back to this later with there's the a San Diego nearby. girls yeah. and there is a beach. There's a sign that says beach, but there's a mention of Idaho. The the goofus Drew Carey no, he's mentions from Idaho. That's all. He's he, from Idaho. Yes. Okay, because okay. he made it sound like oh we're gonna convert everyone in Idaho, and it's like oh that's actually a kind of a funny joke. These guys were sent on a mission where everybody's already Mormon. <laughs> I, I have some <laughs> thoughts about their proselytizing in this because I don't know if this is common amongst uh, elders, you know, spreading the word. But it seems like it's the proselytizing equivalent of no worries if not. 
Uh, it's a lot of like, hey, do you want to join this religion as people pass by? And uh, most people as they pass by are like, no, get away from me. And they keep walking. And I found that honesty so much more, I don't know, thrilling than a lot of the evangelical stuff that we listen to. Because evangelicals, oh, like, yeah. if, if they're proselytizing to people, the people are like, oh, you're one of those, huh? Or they're like, yeah, you there, know. There are different archetypes playing here than there are in the evangelical Christian stuff. Which feels yeah. more honest. Like, it feels mm-hmm. like more people being like, hey, no, it's okay. I don't really, I'm not really into this. Like, have a good day. And they keep walking. Like, it feels more honest to real life. Yeah, what were you guys prepped for? Like, I realize you never actually did a mission, but I'm still, I'm sure the missionary zeal was still cultivated in you and your upbringing. Oh, yeah. I, I still, like, if I go through my things, I'll still find, like, a copy of, like, Preach My Gospel and all that, too, which is, like, the pre-missionary <laughs> book they give you. She's like, just study this and, you know, you'll be you'll be ready to go for all that. And it was like, all right, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> I mean, a song that permeates my brain, like it's going to be one of the last things I'm going to remember before the DMT hits, right? <laughs> is a song, I forgot the name of it, but it like, I will go, I will do the things the Lord commands. I know he provides a way he wants me to obey. I hope they call me on a mission. They have to turn everything into a fucking chorus line. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, you, you know, yeah. from the, the, the whole like grooming thing is very uh, in vogue now. From the time before I was even in diapers, I was getting getting groomed to go teach marsupials in Madagascar. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I same exact thing too. Because I remember, I think I remember when I was like seven, eight years old, and saying like. I hope they call me on a mission. Yes, that's another when one. I grow a foot or two, like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I God, hope I'm they call me on a up. mission. Yeah. yeah. There's so much inflated <laughs> worth given to like missionary work in Mormonism where it's like, you know, you really need to do this because it's, it's an important step for you and your maturity development as a member of the church and also as a man. Like they attribute mm-hmm. that so much to like manhood and like, mm coming of age and all yeah. that as well too. It's like, you can't really be a true man unless you served a mission. It's like, um, so in case you have any sort of like chronic health issues or anything that where you can't go, sorry, you're not really a full man. So sure. I'm God, sorry. You're in that oh, wheelchair and you can't dance. Which is why we host AlphaCon in Salt Lake City. That's <laughs> another thing I want to talk about too, is that like yeah, missionary work, especially in like Utah now is like, hitched to like grind culture so fucking oh, much. Oh, really? That is Because the pyramid schemes, yeah. Oh yeah, because like so much like missionary work is like tied to numbers. Like you have to like, you have to contact so many people. You have to have so many referrals. You have to have so oh, many yeah. baptisms. You have to have like, and like you'll deal with these like sales bro guys here who was like, yeah, when I was a mission, I was a zone mm. leader when I was 19. Uh, <laughs> youngest zone leader in that mission ever. And you know what? We we made mission every single month, bro. <laughs> and now I got a book for you to read. Listen, and- bro, I had bishops in my downline. You don't understand. <laughs> like there's Honestly. a reason why there's like such a tech boom in Salt Lake or and like mm, in sure. Utah, yeah. like it's and like wow. all of I-15 from Ogden to, to Provo is just the new Silicon Valley. And it's it's a lot of that. It makes sense because, I mean, this is certainly not a new observation, but like Mormonism is in many ways the quintessential American religion. It's something 100%. that was, you know, created in a yeah. in a vacuum, basically, and, you know, <laughs> grew very quickly. And thank and you still, for listening to the show. You're, you're welcome. Uh, and, and, and exerts a great deal of cultural influence over a very specific area. And so, like, that entrepreneurial zeal is such a big part of what this country is. 
Yeah, and it's also why it opens itself up to scam so much too. Right. Because yeah. like, well, mm-hmm. if I can sell the gospel to people overseas, I can certainly sell new skin to my neighbors, or I can <laughs> right. sell DoTerra <laughs> to like people down the street, or I can sell like essential or young living to people who were in my school and my old colleagues and all my friends on Facebook and but yeah, it, it's that yeah. same concept where you feel like, well, I'm a salesman now. Yeah, I've done the ultimate sales job and uh, somebody who needs something to be sold to him at mm-hmm. this point in the movie is yeah. uh, remember Todd from the beginning. Yeah, I don't. No. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's Aaron Sorkin in a mullet wig uh, <laughs> is sitting on the bench. Yeah. He's just drawing people. He's just drawing people. Yeah, I'm sorry. Todd was about 12 Donny Osmond clones ago. Right. Yes. yes. He's got a whole thing where he likes to sketch men uh, men. <laughs> Lots of men. Okay. And he likes to sketch them as to what they could be. He likes to what they this, are. And yeah. Yeah. He's an oracle. All right, fine. We're just believing in yeah, mysticism now. Why not? Why not? He, yeah. He's he's Todd of Finland. Um <laughs> 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 I'm gonna draw you oh, as a God. motorcycle guy. <laughs> I'm gonna stroke out. I really feel like what the Heavenly Father wants for you <laughs> is <laughs> just to like be wearing really tight fitting chaps. Um, <laughs> no, Brian, go ahead and play the clip here because it's wonderful. Yeah, so he, he gets the song because he's he's not a Mormon. He's looking for something. The dream of what I'd like to be a brave and noble fiery youth who's not afraid to die for truth who's tall and straight best of all he's free best of all he's free no 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 he's free where did we um you said you were so if he becomes mormon he gets to not only be tall Mm. He gets to be straight, too. And best of all, he's free. Yes, he is free. Oh, okay. For some reason, every time I hear that line, I'm expecting it to be paid off with who's tall and straight. And best of all, he's gay. Exactly what my. Yes. (laughs) He's straight and he's gay. Yeah, he's bisexual. (laughs) Bisexual visibility. Hey. Broadway is back. Everybody, this, this to me is that like Bob Stewart and Douglas Stewart went to New York and they saw Sunday in the Park with George and they're mm. like, yeah, I want a guy to be yeah. drawing people. Yeah, let's do it. There's oh, even a whole yeah. like, you know, don't lift the, you know, don't, you know, stay, keep the profile. All that absolutely. Kind of shit. As Todd dreams of being both straight and gay, mm. Julie is. Um, yeah, what's going on with Julie? Well, Julie's also thinking about the ideal man. This again is like Good Night My Someone from the Music Man, right? Yeah. Where yeah. They, there's a reprise. They're both singing the same thing. I'm yeah. seeing Jordan. You're just like shaking your head do you weren't expecting to come on a musical theater podcast were you? <laughs> no, no 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 i love the music man i'm not saying anything like i like musicals i'm weird like that my wife introduces me to a lot of them so i don't oh, have great. a problem with it just like the con like the content of this current one is just like man <laughs> this, is <something. laughs> this 
ultimately leads to what I can only describe as this fucking goofy as fuck crossfade where they like touch hands through the spiritual realm. But they're not quite touching hands. It's it's like the shot is not quite lined up. Oh, it's magic. This is those scenes in 1776 where John and Abigail are talking. They're trying to like reconcile a pretty simple stage image into like something very complex and filmy. And it's awful. I I do want to talk about like the whole thing with like Todd and Julie, which is just like, yeah, I feel feel mm. like this was the spot that created so many stupid pickup lines of BYU where it's like oh my god did we know each other in the pre-mortal existence <laughs> oh my have I met oh, you before fucking god oh, <laughs> just yeah just straight up probably the worst human beings on the planet just going up to women just be like I felt like we knew each other before before all this <laughs> And like, yeah. Jesus oh, just thinking about it, like after the fact, it's like, good Lord, that like is is that reminds me of a category of TikTok that keeps getting served to me more and more often as of late, no. oh, which no. is black students at BYU going around and asking yes. pointed questions of white students. And it oh. rules. Yeah, that, oh, awesome, I've right? seen those. Those fucking rock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what no. are they called? They're like the black menaces or something. Oh, uh, I, I think I just saw one the other day that it was they asked them if they would look, look at pornography or die. Would they rather look at pornography? <laughs> or like suffer like a, a horrible death and some of uh-huh. you were like I would rather die than watch yeah, pornography I mean I'd much rather Bullshit. have the black plague than hang <laughs> yeah. out and watch some Tory Black I gotta be honest Yeah. yeah. Those, uh, uh, my answer would be I'm coming there we go <laughs> yeah every single time you see one of those like things it's like I would rather die than like a pornography it's like yeah right man half your hard drive is probably bang bust right now oh, so yeah. 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 no come on they have an OnlyFans but it's just Mormon underwear oh <laughs> Oh, yeah. So we get into this next book scene that is just uh, a huge fight. Uh, oh, this rules. Uh-huh. It's a big fight. Oh, the oh father my is played by a man, I didn't know this, named Marvin Payne. <laughs> <laughs> this scene is really funny because like, they decide to just blow their load on the ending of The Prodigal Son already. Yeah. Because So the, the son has been mm. hanging out with his antinatalist friends. Uh, with Rust Cole and the gang, and he comes back, and they're like, happy birthday! And he's like, why are you throwing me a birthday? And they're like, shut the fuck up! We wrapped one of your sisters up in wrapping paper. It's, oh my god! She's oh my god! Present. I need to talk about that. Okay, yeah. so... Was this is anybody, not the twin sister. This is another sister. There's this surprise birthday thing where they're all giving him gifts of service or whatever to yeah. show him. But this, by the way, is also I mean, all after- gifts suck dick too. They're awful. <laughs> well, well, the thing about the gifts for me is that some of those kids worked much harder on their gifts than <laughs> other of those oh, kids. Yeah. Like one's like, I will cook for you every single day for a week. Another kid's like, I will spit shine your shoes for yeah. the next year. And the other one's like, I got you tickets to see a show. Right. Yeah, but and that's this the is, best gift of them all because it's yeah. fucking Lerner and Lowe, man. Like, right. that's, that's absolutely. This, this is also, by the way, after Jimmy has laid his brother the fuck out. Like, his, his, yeah. his brother's like, mad oh, yeah, at him there's that and, other brother who does yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's fucking great. The, guy. the Dustin Diamond character. Yes. 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 Screech. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dustin. You were a bad person. The, the, the scariest, the most he terrifying sure moment in this entire film is when uh, Julie steps forward being fully wrapped in, in, in wrapping paper. And of uh, course, it's clearly not going to happen, but still in your heart of hearts, you're like, 
is she about to become nude for her brother? Please, yes. God, become don't... nude. I love that phrasing. It's the Mormon version of Marilyn Monroe coming out of the cake. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it's your sister, day, brother. I mean, I knew that blonde sucked, but Jesus Christ, oh. <laughs> it's fine. And it's this movie also wild. has a POV shot from a vagina. Uh, <laughs> It sure does. It sure does. Honestly, if at the beginning in the pre-life when they were delivered to Earth, if a giant vagina had descended from the heavens and they like jumped through it like a water oh God, slide. Like that scene in Patch Adams. Yes, exactly like that scene in Patch Adams. Part of the tension here is that Jimmy has once again gone out with the Tufts and yeah. another musical number has happened. Yeah. The Summer, the summer of Fair Weather. This mm. song sucks shit in the 80s version. The 70s version rocks. I didn't it's grab really that good because in the original. we're talking about yeah. the movie, but it's, it's, yeah. it belongs in the 70s. It's faster in the 70s, but here it is. Intro to every 80s cartoon. Cocktails <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ass song. Yeah. <laughs> like these guys are like, you want to head down to San Diego with us in our dune buggies and fuck some ladies from La Mesa or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> The ladies are loser in La Mesa. That's they what do they like say. One third of the ballet combination from a chorus line here. They sure do. It, it leads to a, a full-on confrontation with Jimmy and his parents, where the mom, surprise, gets pregnant again. Well, I, I do need to mention his yeah. twin sister gives him a CTR shield. Yes. He's getting yes. crowned in the 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 armor of God here. He has a sword made out of cardboard and foil and, and and jordan greg is this anything like what is yeah, this I, I literally made these with my brothers really uh, really i wish oh. i had a better recollection of why like jordan can you can you talk about the armies of helaman because that's where i think it stems from but oh, like, holy shit i okay, don't I really, this go. is a part i don't remember the story all right from book of mormon stories okay. that my teacher taught to me that's another song by the way uh, <laughs> incredibly <laughs> racist song oh, yeah, it's, no. it's 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 set to like Native American drums. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's basically the no. Mormon version of the no. Peter Pan Indian scene. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, so, Christ. So the armies of Helaman were this group of uh, young men from this group called the Anti-Nephite-Lehites. That's not important. Please don't. That's a classic ask. group, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You I know, thought about joining once, actually. <laughs> they took up an oath saying they weren't going to take up arms anymore. So, of course, the okay, I think it was the Lamanites just slaughtered the shit out of them. But all of them didn't die. So at the end of it, they were allowed to have their children who did not take this oath take up an arms and then all go defeat the evil Lamanites or whatever. This Lord of the Rings ass religion that we have. <laughs> <laughs> and so how does this then how does the short sword and shield come into play here there's also been like this talk about like the armor of god like yes. uh, that's what yeah. it is armed armed with loins truth and right yeah, yeah. The, so sword the, the sword spirit, the helmet yeah. the shield and all that blah, which blah, is blah. great when you give it to a bunch of eight-year-olds so they can kick yeah. the shit out of each other <laughs> <laughs> Boom, sword <laughs> it seems like this is a slightly different implication here though like i'm trying to unpack what exactly it means when uh, fucking Pam 
knights her brother? She she says he's like a prince yeah, a, or a king or something. What is, what, what is this? Yeah. I, I think it's like going back to like the whole Camelot thing where it's like apparently yeah. she's Guinevere and oh no, he's Lancelot. It was like, oh, oh no, no, no. <laughs> oh no. This is, this is very Folgers commercial. You're my present yeah. kind of moment. Yeah, the British have never had anything wrong go, you know, with incest or anything. So we're good there. Yeah, so oh, yeah. yeah, then the dad beats the shit out yeah, of it's so funny. So here's the, here's, here's the clip, and you're going to hear a smacking sound. And this is a full-on pimp slap of the young man. Yeah. Uh, We're going to have a baby. She's pregnant? Yes, Ugh. she's going to have a baby, too. What? Three months along, son. It's due in November. No, it seems like only yesterday they put you and Pam in my arms fresh. You're going to keep it? Jimmy. Hey, <laughs> her mom's almost 40 years old. There could be something wrong with that baby. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> Got him. Well, maybe next time you'll just drop a whole litter. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> knocks him to the ground. Listen, let's be honest. Jimmy yeah. had a good line there. I yeah. wouldn't ever say it personally, but if you're looking to hurt, that is a good one. It is such a jarring moment, too, because, again, you go into this not expecting there to be full-on abuse. You don't go yeah, into this expecting. Yeah, this, like, is, this is not even dare to discipline style shit. This isn't a spanking. No, this, this is, is a I'm slap going to of anger. Fucking slap you across the goddamn yeah, face, yeah, yeah. you little bitch, and right. you'll stay no. plastered. Well, you're not going to have your father's nose if he breaks it. <laughs> That's right, Jordan. <laughs> Once Jimmy gets the shit slapped out of him by his dad, he yeah. fucking heads out. And this then sets up what our fundamental dramatic tension is for the remainder of the movie. Yeah, his mom miscarries. Well, apparently. Yeah? She seems to, but maybe not. Like it, this, so this, his, Yeah, his unborn so, sister is in fetus heaven like, Jimmy, you promised! <laughs> A flawless you impression. killed you killed me by dropping an epic diss. <laughs> it does seem to like I definitely read that as a spontaneous abortion, as a miscarriage, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell like how much time has passed by the time we get to the end. I thought right. of it as like because he does end up coming back and she gives birth to a child and it's the little girl and it's like right. blah blah blah. But like I was thinking, oh, he came back, and then he made sure that his parents reconceived right. and got through the whole nine months all You're over again. You're getting back in that bedroom, and you're not come, coming out. Come, come, I'm coming. Yes. There it is. I'm just thinking about this, too. Like, I just, at this point, I just, like, think, like, if that can be what causes a miscarriage, I'm just thinking, like, an OBGYN, like, talking to, like, a... Uh, like expecting mother too. It's like okay, so a couple of things you want to do is you want to avoid mm -hmm. any sort of high levels of stress, and mm -hmm. also if you can keep all your family members off of r slash uh, child free, <laughs> that would be really good. It's wild though, right? Because the implication here is that I guess that the only reason that a miscarriage would occur is if somebody is not sufficiently faithful to our father's master heavenly plan, right? Like that that yeah. seems to be I'm yeah, curious. Miscarriages guys, are always someone's fault, is right. what this movie is yeah. telling. Us. Like can you guys speak you, to if, that a little bit? Is that it like how does the church treat that shit? Uh generally it doesn't want to touch that at all. Yeah. Sure. Because that's yeah, like okay. a no, don't 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 put that on us, okay? That's that's really messed up. Um, and which is why, like, even for, like, abortion policies, too, for the church, you're, like, despite being anti-abortion and pretty much everything but yeah. name only, like, they'll still say, like, oh, we'll make exceptions for incest, rape, and uh, in case of the mother's health. Like, so mm. they, they give themselves enough wiggle room to say, like, we don't want 
women to die. So, hmm. or anything like that. Like we're, we're very sympathetic to it, but also the same point too. Mormonism is a absolutely insane religion where you're going to have crazies who do think that yeah. if you have miscarriages or something like that, it's the fault of the mother and right. that's it. Um, in Utah, when the trigger laws went into effect after Roe v. Wade was overturned, was there an exception? Are there exceptions made for incest? Yeah, there are okay. there. Like it, it tries to mimic like church policies, not just humanly possible. Sure. If you can okay. believe that. No, I, uh, I'm shocked. <laughs> I tells you. Yeah, when 98% of our legislature are white Mormon men, you can only mm. imagine. Yeah. But the problem with the trigger law is, especially in Utah, is it's so convoluted to actually, like the exceptions to the trigger law, it's so convoluted to actually engage it, it might as well not exist. Like, yeah. right. for example, in order to have um, an abortion for like the protection of the mother you have to have two OBGYNs sign off on it that is actually harmful to the mother and finding two doctors to do that and also risk like getting a felony thrown on you as well right right because that doctor can go to jail finding two doctors who are willing to like risk a felony charge in 15 years in prison is going to be hard and same thing for rape and incest too because in order to get that get that exception as well too you have to report it to the police like it has to be a police report filed and then the hospital or whoever conducts the abortion has to go through the police department to confirm that report has been placed in there which Mm. if anything we've learned over the last few years does not bode well for women who are actually you know in a that level of trauma like we've seen that police departments across the country are completely inadequate to Mm. deal with sexual assault and absolutely yeah. And don't, especially at BYU too. Like just to bring it back to like oh, BYU man. essentially, BYU used to go through Utah County's um, sexual assault charges to find people and then put honor code charges on them. Like the people who made yeah. accusations. What? Yeah, they would. One of the things that they would see is like, well, if someone got raped, like say they were at a party and they were drinking, well, then you're going to get in trouble for drinking. Oh my God. Right? That's you're gonna come and report that. Evil. That means that you've still broken with the the protocols of this school, and so you're going to be punished. Well, and it even it even it goes even more extreme. Like there are cases of women who got raped, who yes. got yeah. kicked out of BYU for engaging in sexual activity. Right. Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's fucked as you can imagine. We've done a yeah. couple different episodes on it, and it's mm-hmm. uh it's heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. BYU's police department became like a hair lash away from getting like decertified by the state because of Jesus. It. But this is also to me, this reminds me of some of the stuff that we talk about when we recap like Adventures and Odyssey and stuff like that, where like we always like laugh about it a lot and it's always really funny up until it isn't right. Because so much of this is so fucking absurd, but the underside of it is that this isn't just something that people are putting out as like, haha, isn't this a funny little thing? No, like this is fundamentally of moral importance to these people. Like there are so many people who I'm sure have watched Saturday's warrior and come away being like, this is the most powerful and important yeah. thing I have ever seen. Priorities reoriented. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's like, like right in the title crawl. It's what, what you get you is on off. the tin. Yeah, it will suck you off. Priorities reoriented. <laughs> children welcomed. That's, yeah, that's the Saturday's yeah. warrior and promise. Like people are showing this to kids. This movie gets so fucking melodramatic and like yeah. dark that it's like this is I was expecting something that was going to be kind of bouncy all the way through and this is just like here's a dad beating the shit out of his kid and also he's very explicitly like not in the wrong 
in the in the perspective of this movie. Yes. Oh, and then what? and then the sister turns out has a disease. Yeah. Well, that's why she's probably uh, the in a wheelchair. Yeah. Disease, uh, as maybe, it turns out. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. she. Yeah. Maybe this, she, this is where the movie really got disconnected for me, real quick. Yeah. And, and I mm. I was yeah, but it just it doesn't make it didn't make any sense to me that like after Jimmy's dad beat the shit out of him and his mom you know ostensibly <laughs> miscarried, uh, the very next scene is his sister dies and it's like yeah, yeah. you know sorry sorry spoiler alert yes yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert for, for, for Saturday's, Saturday's Warrior. Warrior but, but like, there it's is just like yep. if anything like if you were writing a movie wouldn't be like the next scene be like dealing with the mother who just so happened to lose a fucking yeah kid? you already have yeah. enough things happening yeah but but that would that would like interrogate right. like the inner lives of women which this thing is not interested in at all right yeah. with, with Pam's death note I just want to like say like I just yeah. feel like there needs to be a doctor that goes into a room just be like we tried everything we could but I'm sorry to say that Pam has a terminal case of we need to advance the plot <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like we see a scene with her in the hospital room and one of her like uh, brothers has sent her a box full of like crickets and bees or something and I'd like to imagine that she just died because the bugs killed her. <laughs> like, there is a scene in between the abuse scene and Pam's death where it's like a flirtation scene between Jimmy and Todd uh, as they're sitting on opposite benches in this oh, park yeah. where Todd draws draw a you. picture. Yeah, I want yeah. to draw you like my French girls. And then right. he shows you the drawing. The picture is yeah, so yes. the picture, like it's hard to tell from the resolution of what we're watching on YouTube. The picture is so fucking bad. It's one it's of the so worst like, drawings I've ever like seen. Three in my hours life. on the shading it, on your upper lip. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like a Coney Island caricature artist. Like he was like, yeah. So Jimmy, do you like roller skates? Well, yeah. <laughs> don't don't do my boys on Coney Island dirty like that. They're way yeah. fucking better than this guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the main beats that advance it here because of course it's, Josh is close personal friends. That's right. Because with of the course artist union of Coney Island. It's all oh, the yeah. You fucking talk about my boys like that. <laughs> I, I draw you kicking a soccer ball and this is the thanks I get. Because it all hinges on Jimmy and not the mom who just miscarried or whatever, there's really three major plot beat advancements here. Number one, Jimmy hangs out with the cool worldly sluts. Number yeah, two, he goes hangs San Diego out girls, and yeah. has like a threesome with them. Right. It's like two girls coming onto him at once. So it's like he, he bangs and he, he has and sex he just San off Diego screen. Girls. With mirrors. Yes. Yeah, they use those mirrors. Thing number Congrats two. on the sex, Jimmy. <laughs> Thing number two, he reads this letter from Pam letting him know that Pam is in the hospital. There, it, a, a large time skip is implied here. Maybe it's mm -hmm. been a couple years, honestly. Right, well, because we're at like the end of the mission, too. Right. And then number three, he's sitting across from said sketch guy. The sexual tension between Todd and Jimmy in this scene is mm -hmm. so, so thick you could cut it with a fucking knife. So time has <laughs> passed, and we're at the place where the mission is happening, but here's the prodigal son doing his prodigal son Todd thing. Todd is literally drawn. wearing glasses to show that time has passed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes have gotten terrible in the last Listen, two years. Man, if it works for Clark Kent, it can work for Jimmy. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> sure can. Uh, we find out that she's dead. He calls home or whatever, and right. she's dead. Right. And so then we get a nice little conversation. Was there no? Was there no conversation like between the family beforehand? Like you know, like no, he parents, was gone. I understand the parents are checked out, but you can't like, I don't know, call your call your son and be like, hey, your twin sister's dying. Yeah. No, he calls. There are no. 
Jimmy, phones in San Diego. Jimmy calls That's his true. dad on a payphone and learns the we news from dad. Presumably, the whole thing has happened Very off camera to, to emphasize the fact that Jimmy is estranged from his I family. I hate this. <laughs> so, we're in hell. This is hell. All of us, all of us are currently insane. None of us are connected to reality right now. But we have a conversation yes. between the, the miscarried younger sister yes. yeah. and the older sister who is now dead. Dead and in heaven. Oh, Emily, it is like a dream. Mm. Such a fleeting moment. Mm -hmm. If only people could understand. Why didn't Jimmy keep his promise? Yeah, Jimmy. I don't know yeah. all the reasons, Emily. I know it has something to do with free agency. People just what? get distracted and they lose their perspective. By shiny car keys. They forget what's really important. Well, what's important to me is that I go to our family, not somewhere else. I could be black. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. movie's conception of abortion is that like it doesn't matter because there's no soul in there yet until the moment you are born. Mm. Yeah. And you're still going to get born anyway. Your soul is still going to inhabit somebody anyway. So abortion is just bad because it's really uncouth. Because it makes the angels cry. It. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you asking? And here we are thinking man. so hard about it. it I, I, actually, I can't go to Madagascar. Something I'm wondering about, uh, Jordan mm. Greg, is this is clearly the moment that anchors this movie dramaturgically, right? Like, this is now Jimmy's <laughs> fundamental moral choice. Does he make the moral choice to go off with the cool worldly truck people who he can have regular orgies with or truck does he go people. back to his <laughs> or does he go back to his does family he go back to the Antrobus house so that yeah. he can have his sister get born and he's gonna make this choice by the skin of his teeth it's, I, I'm like okay this is bizarre does this make more sense if you're Mormon? Because I'm like, what no. the fuck? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you think about it for more than 30 seconds, the entire plot collapses. Like, I don't, yeah. like, having a more of a, like, a theological, like, mindset on it, too, is not going to help you okay. at all. Like, it's just like, well, do I, do I go back and make sure my mother and father conceive a child? And make sure, you know. I mean, what is the idea? Is that he's going to sit in the corner of the room with a little pennant that says fucker? Like, what? No, he's going to he's gonna rent a hotel room and sit in the cuck chair. He's going to put on some Barry White, put some rose petals in the bed. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You two get in there. I don't want to see you come out for an hour. Go. From now on, Dad, you're my bull. Uh, <laughs> I, listen, Mom and Dad... It brings me no pleasure to tell you this man's name, mm -hmm. but he sings a song called Let's Get It On. <laughs> this then leads us into Jimmy's 11 o'clock number, right? Yeah. Who shall he choose? Whose children are they? That's what I've been asking. Who are these children coming down? And the answer is so obvious because the people with the coolest music are the ones you choose. Right. And that's the truck friends. But that's he's the truck yes. people. He's positioned in front oh, of man. three tableaus. And Brian, do you want to yeah. describe the stage picture? Yeah, they all get like lit behind him. And then they're also sort of like split screening and crossfading between yeah. the two of them. They're all these voices. Some of them aren't really even talking or anything. They're just there. It's more visual than anything. But I do have a little bit of the song here. So will he follow our Heavenly Father's will 
rejoin his family and get his father to nut once more inside of his mother <laughs> or uh-huh. is he going to go back to his friends and do car pranks with them <laughs> car <laughs> pranks <laughs> car <laughs> pranks don't forget your promise Jimmy please oh. No Flinders, come on, we got to go, Flinders. You'll never find it here, Flinders. Believe me, I'm your friend. Uh, uh. Jimmy, oh, Jimmy, don't listen to them. How can they say you're your friend? <laughs> if they take you away from your family and home, <laughs> they'll leave you alone in the end. This is the worst song I've ever heard in my life. It sounds like a shitty Rocky montage. Yes. Having seen Rocky on Broadway, it was a lot like this at times. Not even joking. That line should also be Jimmy, Jimmy, don't listen to Thimmy. But anyway. um, (laughs) Yeah. Also, they keep saying Flinders. They just keep calling him Flinders. 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 Some hoes, Flinders. Yeah. It's like, it's just. I have a question about the the, the sexy truck friends, actually. A lot of denim right now in this this scene. So their exploits are left very, very vague in terms of what it is that they actually do. And this to me is a big difference from like evangelical Christianity where when we listen to like Adventures in Odyssey for instance yeah sure. it's they're obviously not going to go into explicit detail about what's going on exactly because it's a kids show but yeah. they're going to give you a couple indicators about what specifically it is that they're doing mm-hmm. whereas we don't get that from the truck friends at all no and I, I'm mm-hmm. wondering like again is this something that is just bad writing or is this sort of like a Mormon thing where they don't even want to lead you down that garden path if only unintentionally yes I think it's interesting that they go as far as they do, though. Yeah, I feel like like I feel like you could end up with Jimmy in the gutter and some implication that he's been like drinking a lot or something. But here, no one's doing any substances. They're all just barebacking. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing I like took away from it, too, is like every time they cut to the gang, they're just like laying around. It's like, right, man, work sucks. We don't have to do anything out here. (laughs) It's like they're not really doing anything like it's it really is like a dare skit. Like, yeah, yeah. like there's nothing else there, too. It's like, man, we smoke so much doobies last night and just they don't have any doobies there's no bottles there's no needles there's there's nothing all it really says like we're gonna act like we're doing that because we blew all of our budget on fog machines early on the show right (laughs) the only thing i can think about with these gangs are is like they're guilty of the sin of having a shitty attitude like that's it that's the worst sin you could commit though this is something they're not keeping sweet but to be clear, this is something that is also a commonality across other like Mormon media where like you just never see anything bad. I, I, I think about the singles ward for the most part, too, where the main protagonist is like a guy. Yes. Who's, uh, Will Swenson. Yes. Yes. Broadway's Will Swenson, the husband is, of Audra McDonald. Which is yep. so funny now to think about. But um, like he's like tempted to and he like has a drink or something like that. And that's as far as it goes. Like it's implied that they're going to have sex or something like that. And mm-hmm. then like that's it. Like the drink's like no get away temptress mm. and then like it just kind of falls apart from there they, they gesture vaguely to it when I, all I can think of is Elder Cunningham and Elder Price uh, but like yeah, yeah, the Goofus two, and Gallon uh, Goofus Todd. and Gallon Todd Wally 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 and Drew Carey <laughs> Wally yeah. and Drew Carey yeah. uh, when Wally they, and w- Matt Foley uh, <laughs> yes when they, well, and they, they help get Todd, Todd back on the right track uh, because by previously he was living in a van down by the right. river yeah. 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 But, uh, Elder what do you want to do with your life <laughs> 
<laughs> this is interesting because again, whenever you see someone getting proselytized to in evangelical stuff, it's always like someone who's like, well, I've known you for so long, but you have something that I don't blah, blah, blah. But it's usually, um, you're one of those, huh? And here we yeah. have a very different archetype of a guy who's like, I've been looking my whole mm-hmm. life. There is something there. I just have to be like my dad or whatever, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And it turns out it's, it's, there were these little golden plates that were found in right. upstate New York and they have all the answers. Well, because again, <laughs> this now is sketch guy Todd yeah. finally reuniting with Wally and fucking yeah. Chris Farley. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and <laughs> they're, this is a moment where, because we've seen Todd's point in this movie, t- Todd's entire purpose, dramaturgically speaking, is to pine. He is yeah. pining for something. And I think, yeah. it's, I think it's Dick, but he thinks it's the Lord. And yeah. so um, they're well, able no one to. one has a bigger dick than God. That's right, no. Brian. The and Lord so, works in mysterious ways, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know how you can write a character that hangs out in like public parks all the time. And yeah. Drawing like, other men. On. Yeah. It's a very strange so, thing to do, guys. So they, they yeah. finally, they get him. They get to baptize him, but then they don't really baptize him. They accidentally hit his head on a park yeah, bench. Yeah, it's we this montage. It's a yeah, montage. It's <laughs> They're not even bits. They're just goofing off and the camera is still running. That's the thing that drives me crazy about this film is like there is no constant messaging at all on no. this. Like no. the music's no. not constant. The the tone is not constant. Like you go from like these like very sweet musicals to like some sort of twangy Western one really yes. quick. So like why? <laughs> but then it's like, yeah. and then you like go from like serious, like uh, mom had an abort, uh, an, uh, miscarriage and uh, your sister died to like pranks in the park with missionaries. Like what <laughs> the hell is going on here yeah and have a little dudes. comic relief in there i guess and there's a reprise here there's a reprise of that missionary theme from up top just in case you didn't get already that this is paying off their humble C now. Plot. right they've been humbled because they were actually able to convert someone so they've had a whole arc and you know what they're about to get their reward because uh he flies home Right, and, home, and, and meets up with Julie again, who has realized the error of her ways because the wedding was in three days. Yeah, Julie is uh, Julie what? is not we getting married know. today. She meets Wally, but Molly Wally runs past her to hug uh, Drew Carey because they're into each other now. And then he's like, "Oh wait, you're here. Oh anyway, this let's get married." She's like, "I'm not getting mess. married. This yeah. is going to get married to you." <laughs> it's it's Orpheus turning around on Eurydice yeah, right is. before yeah. they reach the opening. Yeah, and, and it's your wait for me. <laughs> I'm coming. And then <laughs> Josh's oh cousin God, comes in through the gate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, wait, I knew you in the before times. Right. In, in the land before time. Todd, I'm Ducky yeah. and you're Littlefoot. Todd finally realizes that they taught to each At other. At long like, last, Todd finally realizes that both dick and pussy are acceptable outcomes. Loyal. Uh, yes. And then uh and then the mom gives birth. I'm sorry if we if it sounds like we've we like sped through this entire last section, it's because none of it matters. And at well, this no, point, we I'm longing sped for death. Through it. We have it. No. This is how fast it goes. And it's a rainstorm, so she can't like go to the hospital. Lightning they can't reach the doctor. <laughs> and this 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 uh this fucking so he has she was delivering his sister. Oh Macbeth, god, Macbeth, beware! This Macbeth. scene, by the way, <laughs> is presented in easily the most naturalistic way of 
any scene in this movie and it is fucking harrowing. Yeah. It is they throw all the horrible. other kids out of the room. They can't the da- be there. The for dad this. is like three Nyquils deep, has no idea what's going on. <laughs> that man's been roboing for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna ruin a couch, really, is what happens. Uh, they grab some towels and uh, they give birth right on that couch, and the couch is miraculously clean after the baby is born. And uh, yeah, I mean that's it. The baby's been born. Emily has come into this world. Uh, we get uh, the song from up top starts playing again. Who are these children coming down? Whose children are <laughs> we they? We never really quite find out. No, nope. but uh, choir's still bored as shit. Saturday. We keep talking about Saturday. 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 Saturday night's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's not Sondheim's best. No, it's all right. Oh my warrior. Day warrior. So. We've done it. We've gotten through this oh fucking thing. Oh my god, what a profound this waste of everyone's time. This is the most important Mo- Mormon document since Joseph Smith wrote the fucking <laughs> book. Uh, Joseph yes. Smith didn't write the book. He transcribed Dictated it. Dictated So what have we learned? <laughs> um, that I think I have some sort of like mental disorder now. Well, yes. <laughs> actually, this is something that I wanted to ask you guys because you both obviously grew up watching this shit in much the same way that I and Brian grew up listening to Adventures in Odyssey. And I'm curious if like going back and rewatching this again, your experience was probably pretty different from ours insofar as it was like, oh, wow, that's a thing from my childhood that I'd completely fucking forgotten about. And I'm curious if you could speak a little bit more to that. Oh, I laughed a lot more this time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) First time terrified me as a child. Sure. uh, Oh, okay. So this is this is what it's, everything's going on like. Okay, now it's just like <laughs> this is the most horseshit musical yeah. I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> and also like it's just filled with terrible ideas that have just like gave people just like guilt complexes for their entire lives. There was a lot of laughing for me. There was even like a sense of gratitude and just being like, "Thank Allah that I don't have to deal with this shit anymore." Sure. You know, yeah, like, you have you have a no real, power like, a over real, me. Like, yeah. it, it was it was comic relief in the in like the most literal sense that yeah. it's like this is so wild, this is so absurd, and I haven't been a part of this religion for over twenty years now, and like thank goodness for it because my life is so much better because of it. Thank yeah, Heavenly you know. Father is is yes. is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. You 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 watch this and then you just realize like man. How many people have had their like lives ruined because of this? Because they like, yeah, because of like thoughts that were planned in their heads at like a young age watching this. Like I have to have as many kids as humanly possible or else like spirit Mm -hmm. children won't be born. And then like, Mm. and like to an extent, I I have to make sure I don't get in the way of my parents having more, giving me more siblings. Yeah. Yeah. It could easily take a turn into existential dread. Yeah, I just think that I just I choose cynicism and to laugh about it and like choose that relief probably because it's easier. I don't know. It's probably some sort of defense mechanism, but it works like you just think about this, too, because this is just a two hour guilt trip. That's that's the whole purpose of it, too, is to make you think like you ungrateful little bastard for asking questions like what's your problem? (laughs) You know, by doing this, you're stopping spirit children from being born. So why don't you just get with the program? Yeah, but it's also baffling to me because the children would be born anyway. It's just two different people. But AJ, they might be black. <laughs> I know. I, it's it's just, it's so 
it, this movie, as as I think you both have <sighs> said, it's just it's so like tonally inconsistent. But then also like the spiritual messaging messaging is just all over the place. Like oh, I yeah. can't yeah. I can't get like a specific ideology out of this. Like. Uh, you know, the one thing I'll the credit where credits do for evangelical stuff that we listen to, like you don't there's no subtlety. Like you know the yeah. point. You walk out of it being like, okay, I understand the theology and I understand what I'm supposed to be taking away from this. But this thing is just bafflingly like all over the place. They're saying environmentalism is bad, like there yeah. are eco terrorists that are keeping you from having more kids. And it's but that's never uh-huh. really explored because they just kind of lounge all day what's, on what's that. What's interesting car. is the evangelicals have picked that up, AJ. Like if you read the Daily Citizen Focus on the Family's website, every time they talk about environmentalists or environmental efforts, it's always portraying that as antinatalism. As the Mm. only reason environmentalists exist is to keep people from having children. Wild. (laughs) They learn a lot from the Mormons since Prop 8. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that has become less of a thing with Mormonism as like Mm. Mormonism moves more into the mainstream. Like like at a certain point, we can't really like mimic the same sort of points you'll see from like the focus on the family or anything like that too. Because we're looking for mainstream acceptance that's even beyond like like evangelical Christian organizations. Like right. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, like we want Mitt Romney to be president, so we can't be saying crazy shit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's still, I mean, this is the thing, right? W- whether you're talking about evangelical Christianity or Mormonism, the, 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 the fundamental underpinnings remain the same. Like you can, yeah. you can launder yeah. it as much as you yeah. want. You can put a happy face on it as much as you want, but it's still the, the project is, is one of colonial dominance still. Like that's, that's yeah. the point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, aesthetically, there is a lot in common between something like Saturday's Warrior and any given like evangelical straight to video movie from the same era. There are different talking points. There are different things that they focus on. But there is there there is so much here that is familiar to us. The main thing that it appears to me is that evangelical movies are made by straight people. That's the main difference. (laughs) (laughs) I think the other big difference to me that I noticed, and this was the thing where it's like, I just have no frame of reference for this. Yeah. Is that. Certainly there are strains of evangelical Christianity where quiverful is prominent. Like I remember, for Uh instance, in college, my boss um, who I worked in the college IT department and my boss there was like a big quiverful guy. He had like fucking eight kids and they love to like ride on their ATVs and shit like that. You know, classic kind of guy. Um, But oh, I can smell him. (laughs) But um, you worked with the gemstones. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, what was that like? <laughs> lots of car pranks. But um, the big difference there is I think the reason for it, like with evangelical Christianity, the idea is that we need to redeem the world, that the world is broken yeah. and fallen and out of sync with God's original plan. Therefore, mm. the point of us having all these fucking children is to bring people back properly into the f- fold and install a theocracy, yeah. which is yeah. sort of similar in Mormonism, but I feel yeah. like it's a bit different. And I, I was hoping that you guys could speak. Oh, to that. I don't think it's different. At all. I think it's like pretty one to one. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was about to say too, like the entire purpose, like, like one of this, like state goals of Mormonism essentially is like, we have to preach to every corner of the earth before like the, like Jesus comes back essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the only way we're going to do that is if we have millions upon millions of willing, like 
warriors foot soldiers to yeah exactly saturday warriors <laughs> saturday warriors to go be missionaries everywhere in the world and we have to build temples everywhere and we have to do this and we have to do that to make sure that our our reach is global sure and like mm-hmm. it, it really is the same exact thing where it's like we can't do this until we have absolutely as many people as we can possibly get, build as many temples, build as many church houses, make mm. sure we own as much land everywhere, make sure we own like essentially have just the sitting on a hundred billion dollars worth of money too. Yeah. Like you, you'll see this and it is just the same thing. It's just domination. And it really does speak to it. Like I really feel like evangelical Christianity and Mormonism have just built like parallel institutions up from each other. Yeah. And they just yeah. expand out that way too. Like it takes on a lot of the same characteristics as each other. But I think they, they realized in the last 30 years, like, Oh, the politics are the same. So yeah. we yep. need to start making in the same way that, that evangelicals did with Catholics in the seventies after Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. there were, they, they realized, Oh, well, if the Mormons are putting money into proposition eight, if they're supporting Republican candidates, all this stuff, uh, well, we got to do it. We we gotta we gotta join forces. We gotta just say, you know what? Fuck it. We're on the same side. Yeah, but I think yeah. it, I think it's so wild that this has ended up happening, though, because at least traditionally, Mormonism was anathema to oh, evangelical yeah. Protestants. Oh, absolutely. Like, the, yeah. I, yeah. My my fucking dad more so than just about any other religion. Oh, way more, way more than yeah. than even like you know fucking like Judaism or whatever. Like it it, it, yeah. it it's like treated as a perversion of Christianity, like a false mm-hmm. version of Christianity. I remember my dad, you know, hardcore like grew up pretty hardline evangelical, telling mm. me, you know, look, if you ever hear about this thing called the Book of Mormon, be fucking careful, man. It's going to tempt <laughs> <Yep>. your soul. <laughs> yeah. And, mm-hmm. And this was a thing, too, when Mitt Romney made his first run was there were a Mm -hmm. lot of evangelical Protestants who were like, yeah, no, I can't back this guy. He's a fucking Mormon. That's also the reason. (laughs) And that's also a reason that like Republicans fall in line. I'll tell you the state of Michigan, despite the fact that Mitt Romney is from and grew up in Michigan, the state of Michigan doesn't really claim him as a native son. And I think part of that Mm -hmm. is because Mormonism isn't really a thing in Michigan. It it really is funny because like you said, like the last 30 years, like it's just creates strange bedfellows in politics. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, for the longest time too, like the Catholic Church and the Mormon Church were essentially like, Mormons called the Catholic Church the great and abominable Church of Babylon. Yeah, like, right. yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. like, wow, you're not really mincing words there. Which was also um, even like a lot of Baptists also thought of. Yeah, yeah. which is very uh, funny because Apostles, yeah. Mormonism seems to have borrowed a lot of stuff from Catholicism. There's, a, you know, uh, they borrowed a lot of stuff from a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. That's that fair, but it is. It the, is yeah, yeah, the Freemasons. The yeah. Jews, <laughs> Methodism, yeah, and like, on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. If you were a religion that was around in like the north, in the northern New York area in about the eighteen twenties, good mm-hmm. news, you got you got incorporated into uh, Mormonism pretty seamlessly. <laughs> um, but like, like if you read like the Deseret News, which is the newspaper that's owned by the LDS Church and everything, mm-hmm. like that, like you will see at least five or six stories a week on just religious freedom, which mm-hmm. is pretty clear what that states at this point too. It's right. the pretty much right to discriminate against women, right. minorities, gays, LGBTQ yeah. people, yeah. period. Like that's the whole thing is, and then you'll see people who 30 years ago would have said Mormons have tails and horns. Like yes. people like Rod mm. Dreher is writing in the desert yes. news now. How can you make sense of this without just saying like, Oh yeah, 
Well, I guess we've had a massive political realignment, especially among religions. Yeah. God, imagine if Rod Dreher goes Mormon. Like he's been Methodist, he's been Catholic, he's rock. been Orthodox, but he's wanting making to be the Catholic rounds, like still. Maybe, yeah, that might be the next. He could step. still it's eat like, sausage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna walk around Temple Square and just be like Rod Dreher is like at like City Creek, like, looking at like his clams, just like yeah, making the uh, soy face. <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean too? Because one thing that has happened definitely in evangelical Protestantism since this realignment is that the actual doctrine of Christianity and of the Bible and common theological interpretation becomes way the fuck less important than commitment to the culture war. Yes. Is that same thing happened in Mormonism? Oh, absolutely. Mm. I, I would absolutely say that's been the case too, because like they don't really care about too many culture issues because first off, Utah is locked up politically by the legislature mm-hmm. and all that too, mm-hmm. which is very well like in lockstep with the church anyway so they're not going to change anything mm. so that frees them up to essentially like not worry about doctrine just like worry about putting in like cultural issues everywhere else i mean that's why like the only thing you'll hear about on the political like spectrum from the church is just religious freedom like you have to give us religious right. freedom which like no one can ever really define to me like what religious freedom have you been de- denied in this country mm-hmm. you are the largest landowner yeah. in the country probably with the church uh, excuse like- me the governor of missouri signed an extermination order against the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My people have suffered. Let your people go. Yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, Lillian Boggs got shot in the face for that one too. Yeah, so and then, yeah, I think Porter Rockwell almost it. killed him. That's but that's like they they run with that. That's that's what I see from your Twitter feeds. Yes. It's just like uh, excuse me, in 1849, <laughs> <laughs> some yeah, real like, shit happened. And and then and like this you is look why it's that wrong too. when a bunch of ASU fans call us pussies. <laughs> <laughs> That's my generational trauma is getting triggered. I'm so sorry this horrible amount of like religious discrimination happened to you 186 years ago. Um, I don't know why people are mad at you today. I think it probably has something to do with the fact that all of you are upset that gay and trans kids exist. But mm-hmm. maybe you should just let that go, and then maybe won't people won't be mad with you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who There's knows? A lot of hit dogs just, that are hollering. Yeah. yeah, like every yeah. single time one of these things happens, like like just to talk about the Oregon thing too. Like that was such a crock because like that oh happened God, like right yeah. after the whole like N word at a BYU volleyball game thing happened too. Mm-hmm. So that was so many people like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna care about this one thing that we can't prove per se but not about this video of people saying, fuck the Mormons. It's like, (laughs) yeah, man, uh, power structures exist. And a person who plays volleyball for Duke has a shitload less power than the LDS church. I hope you can understand that. These are the few the warriors save for Saturday to come on the last days of the world. These are they. Is that what it means? Uh, it's like Saturday. <laughs> is that what it means? Like it's just Saturday's warrior because it's like the latter days right before Sunday, which I guess is Armageddon. Mm. Like maybe this is maybe yeah, you're guess. supposed to inseminate your wife on Saturday. Maybe maybe the real Saturday's warriors were the friends we made along the way. Maybe. <laughs> and, and speaking of the friends we made along the way, yes. Uh, we would love it if y'all would talk a little bit about uh, Brigham Young Money or anything else you would like to plug. Just a little bit of history, like. It all spawned out of COVID where Jordan and Kyle and a bunch of our friends would come and sit on our front, my front lawn. Mm -hmm. And we would Mm. like just have drinks on Friday nights and Jordan and Kyle and I 
decided, yeah, we should just talk about this. You know, like the conversations we're having on my front lawn, let's record them. Yeah. Like for yeah. shits and giggles, what else are we going to do? The world's dying. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And it's turned into kind of like a culture and political podcast with the Utah spin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we talk a lot about local issues and just like, Utah's a wonderful place. It's also probably the most fucked up state in the nation when you really <laughs> dig beyond the surface layer. And we do a hmm. lot of that and then expand on uh, like national and worldly issues as well. But yeah. it's, I would say that it's locally focused with a national twist, you know, no. and we'll talk, we'll talk politics. We'll talk pop culture. We'll talk weird Mormon movies. We'll talk sports, just a, a little bit of everything. Like it's, it's just kind of a fun free flowing conversation on what's in the news. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful podcast. And, uh, the thing that I really appreciate about it is that y'all cover some really bleak, bleak stuff. Um, yeah. Your episode, yeah, it's, Fresh it's Gra- a bad news podcast. But your episode, uh, uh, Fresh Ground Solidarity, was the one yeah. right after um, the draft got leaked that was going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And what I loved about it was that you all like expressed like the the like very appropriate amount of anger and rage, and then found a way. Um, to end that with like interviewing Starbucks workers who were unionizing. It was just this uptick of like, so everything seems hopeless, but look at like these like bright shining rays of hope. I think I, I can speak for all of us when I say that we we all kind of adhere to Marxist ideology. And as mm-hmm. easy as it is yeah. to be nihilistic and cynical, uh, yeah. there ha- you, there has to be some sort of glimmer of hope. And like, yeah. it's very mm-hmm. easy to to doom and gloom and I do plenty of it, but like yeah. these, it's kind of like, yeah. this is, this is what, this is what we're facing and like, whether or not you want to go through this, we're going to go through it. So we might as well do what we can to make it as good yeah. as possible. So yeah. uh, if folks want to find your show, where do they need to go to make that happen? Um, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes, Apple, uh, Spotify, pretty much any place you can find your podcast at. You can find me at SLC Lunk on Twitter. You can find uh, Greg at Dad Sham Dad. Um, podcast mm. uh, page is BYM Podcast. You can follow Kyle too at Kyle Lipso. And uh, if folks want to really uh, get into it, you guys have a Patreon too, right? Yes. Yes, we do. Patreon.com slash Brigham Young Money. Um, yeah, give us money. Uh, I'm <laughs> do posting, it. Uh, do it. Give them money. Give them money, please. Well, the thing is, like, we're pretty much middle class lobs and all that too, so we don't really hurt for money that much. So what we do mm-hmm. is we take that money we get from Patreon and we throw it towards causes right now. Like we've done towards bail funds, we've done it towards abortion funds. We've oh yeah, uh, yeah, Incredible. we've thrown it towards things that we find that are important or a pressing need in our community. So our Patreon is a slush fund. It really <laughs> is. So if you want to give money to the gay liberal agenda, that's yeah. right. Yes, give it to us. Yeah. And we to, will. We will. We will fund that ourselves. The anti-natalist truck guys. There we go. Uh, I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a moment in Saturday's War here, the seminal 1989 masterpiece uh, that you can find on YouTube. This movie is never leaving my brain. Where an angel in heaven who is played by a woman that you would imagine encountering behind the desk at a DMV warns all the people, uh, all the souls going down to earth that it's pretty stormy down there right now. And it is, I think, pretty stormy out there right now in the world. Um, But as we were talking about, Mormons and evangelicals coming together make strange bedfellows, but they can and they did and they created a very sort of effective political machine. But that doesn't mean that we can't also do that. 
come together, help each other, help our communities, because it at the end of the day, if we pull it together, <laughs> we can work it out. I'm the worst of all possible ages. <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. And I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. All right, folks, that's it for this one. If you like what you hear, check out Brigham Young Money. And if you want to get more of the worst of all possible worlds, check us out over on patreon.com slash worst of all. You can get access to our backlog of premium episodes. Again, that is patreon.com slash worst of all. See you next time. <laughs>